Discussing now the laws of Sfirat Omer, of counting of the Omer. We're doing section 489 and we're up to uh, subsection 2, Sibbeis. Uh Hopefully, we're not going to keep you too long so because it's cold over here, but let's do what we can. Okay, so so uh, yesterday uh, we began to discuss the laws, and today in subsection 2, he says that Noshim, that women are exempt, and also Vavodim are exempt, Peturim and Mitzvah Zu are exempt from this mitzvah, the mitzvah of counting the Sefirah Omer, women and Avodim. Avodim, those are people that work, they sort of uh, are um, also obligated to do some mitzvot, but uh, they cannot really be responsible to do f- all the mitzvahs because of their, their working for the master as uh, as well as women are exempt from any mitzvah which is time-bound. You mean slaves? No, either slaves or women, either one, either one because... Jewish slaves? Well, these are not Jewish slaves. A Jew, a Jew cannot really be a slave. The, the real status of a slave, there is a slave, there is a slave, there is a Hebrew slave, but the real status of a slave that we're talking about over here is a Hebrew slave for all purposes is considered to be a regular Jew for all the mitzvahs. There's no exemptions for a Hebrew slave. Here we're talking, when we talk about an Ev, we're talking about a slave who is not Jewish, who becomes the property of the owner, uh, of the Jewish owner. If he converts, he, in order for him for him to be, a, he has to convert, sort of, and uh, not worship idols, not do any prohibitions, but yet he is not obligated to do any of the mitzvahs that are time-bound. So he's sort of a half Jewish. Once he gets freed, if the Jew will free him, he becomes a full Jew because he's... Slaves. Jews, absolutely. In the Chumash you'll read about people's Jews and other people had slaves. At that time, this was, uh, that was acceptable. But also, when just going back to the, the, even that period of time, the Jews were instructed to treat their slaves with the uh, greatest uh, level of with dignity. Uh, and, you know, they weren't allowed to just have them work, do degrading kind of things, which is, you know, even for a slave. And then to the extent that there's, um, I give over this joke I heard from, from a rabbi, it's... Uh, he said that um, it says that one who buys a slave is like buying a master for yourself. He says, why? Because you got to treat him better than you treat yourself. Like, for example, if he says you got only one pillow, so you have to give it to the slave. You can't take it for yourself. You give it to the slave first. That's how much the Torah expects you to treat him with even more than you have treated yourself. So the rabbi asked the question, he says, but why? I mean, it seems to be outrageous. Uh, why should I give, if I have one pillow, why should I give it to him and not use it for myself? And the answer is, he says, well, if all what you got is one pillow, why are you buying a slave? <laughs> so, but in any event, so he says, um, so men, uh, uh, so they're exempt from this mitzvah. Why? It's a positive mitzvah, which is time-bound. Now he says, "Ubemixas medinos in some countries, some muhanoshim mitzvazu aleim chayva." The women have placed upon themselves this mitzvah 
as an obligation. They have taken this on, even though that technically they're exempt, but they have taken it on as an obligation. Now, and he says, there is no worry about a prohibition, because that they do make a blessing, the fact that they make a blessing, even though they are exempt from it, so they still make the blessing, Asher Kiddushana B'mitzvotav, the one who has commanded us. And essentially, they weren't commanded for that, they're just accepted upon themselves, but the answer to that is, God still commanded us as a Jewish people, even though it may not apply to every individual of the Jewish people, but they can still say, V'tzivanu and Ayin Simen Yudzayin, in which the Alter Rebbe says, over there brings down, that all the mitzvahs that women are exempt from, if they wish to do the mitzvah, and they wish to make the bracha, it is okay. The Chachamim allowed them to make the blessing. It's not considered like making a blessing in vain when you're not supposed to do it. They are allowed to make these blessings. Yeah? Well, you're saying, and the reason they're exempt is because it's time-based, right? The, a time-bound mitzvah, the Torah could not expect them to do because of their preoccupation with the home, with raising they the children. Do it, they could. That they they could. That's what he said. Not only they could, but in this case of Sefira, it's more than they could. It says that in some. I'll leave it open, please. Uh, yeah, I want to get some of the heat from there. But what about uh, women in those shoes who put on tefillin and talis? Is that okay? Well, we learned about that. We actually learned that that was not generally accepted uh, to, to do that. But the um, really, I think, what the issue of over here, we don't want to get off to the discussion, right, right, is the motivation behind it. Is it, uh, is it a challenge to the Torah's idea, or they're just so pious that they want to do right, the mitzvah, or they, or they want to challenge the system? That's really what the question is. But let's go right. We're not going to get into that discussion right yeah. now. Well, mitzvahs, mitzvah zoo, uh, we have extensively spoken about this in the past. This mitzvah that we're saying now is applicable, applies both in the land, which means in Eretz Yisrael and Israel, and also outside of Israel. Because one, one may think, because there is a stipulation over here in the Torah, when the Torah seems to say that from the time that they bring the offering, now the offering was brought in Israel, and it was brought during the time of the temple, but he says, whether you're in Israel or outside of Israel, in the time of the temple, or even if you are uh, not in front of the Beis Amigdash, when there is no offering of Shlebif Ne'abais, there is no offering of the Minch uh, Omer that was brought, in either case, it applies this mitzvah. That would be one opinion. So according to that opinion, when we count the Sefirah today, we are actually performing a positive mitzvah from the Torah. This is a Torah command to do this mitzvah of counting the Sefirah, according to that view. But V'yesh Omrim, there are those that disagree and say, that bizman hazeh, bizman hazeh, kayam, since nowadays, in which the temple does no longer exist, and we do not offer that oimer, that barley portion of barley that was brought on the on the uh, on the mizbeach. Ein mitzvah zu 
Klal Medivri Torah. This mitzvah does not apply at all from the words of the Torah. Notwithstanding that there is a mitzvah in the Torah, but the question is when it is. And how they say, there's opinion says that nowadays it doesn't apply. Elo Medivri Sofrim. They say that what we do today, the sefirah, is only from the words of the rabbis. The rabbis said we should continue to do so, but there is no Torah, there is no biblical command today because we don't bring the Omer. So we're only doing it as Shetik Nuzeich HaLamikdosh. We're only doing it as a remembrance to the Beis HaMikdosh, to the time of the Temple. Just then they did it, so we're doing it as a remembrance. Why is it time-based? Because you have to do it by a certain hour? It's time based because A it's every day and yes and you have to do it at you have so to do it. Has to be done it has to do good a good good question. But uh, time based means uh, on on the day after Pesach you have to count one day. You can't do it uh, on the next day. You know, every day has a different counting and a different right. sphere. So it's time time based meaning it has to be in that day. Now, even though not only that it has to be a specific hour, but the fact that it has to be on one specific day. Even if one would say that you could do it all day, which you could technically do it all day, uh, if you don't do it in the morning, but still it's time bound because it is connected to that day and you can't do it. That's also called a one, something you have to do at one specific day is a time bound mitzvah. That doesn't mean that women are not obligated, there's no mitzvah that women do that is time-bound. All we're saying is that there are time-bound mitzvahs that the Torah did not obligate them in. But let's say on the Seder, for example, is another example. The mitzvah of lighting the candle was, to begin with, the rabbis instituted and gave it to the women for the first place. Actually, she is the one that takes precedent for that particular mitzvah. So we're not saying that they're not allowed to do or they're not obligated to do what's about time. I said we cannot, in generally speaking, most mitzvahs that are time-bound, we cannot obligate them unless we have other instructions, like by, by the... But uh, lighting the candle is one of those mitzvahs that the women should... Uh, do and it's even though it's time bound, but now uh, so uh, so nowadays, according to the second opinion, it's only as a commemorative to the time, uh, as a remembrance way to the Mishkah The Altarim actually rules That's the same. That's that's the main thing. So now you you may ask. Uh, so what difference does it make? So does it really make a difference if it's a if it's a Torah commandment or it's a rabbinic commandment, you know, we've already said many times in the past that even the rabbinic commandments are sanctioned by the Torah. The Torah tells us to listen to the rabbis, so it really becomes a not to deviate from what the rabbis tell us, so it's really at the end of the day it's same still the same as the Torah. So what difference does it make to us to know whether the, the origin is the Torah origin or it's the rabbinic origin? Does it have any practical application? So that's what the Rebbe says, Nevertheless, he says, Everything that the rabbis instituted, they have sort of mimicked exactly the way the Torah. So the, the, the fact that it originates from the rabbis doesn't change anything from the way it was originally meant when it was done from the Torah. The only thing is, There is really no difference between Torah or rabbinic only in those items that he will explain further, because yeah, what you want? I'm saying you can't say, well, "I'm going to go with the Torah version," or "I'm not going with the rabbis at this point." Of course not. Of course not. That's the whole point. That right. everything you can't say that, but that's what he's saying. But sometimes the actually the 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 Torah itself mandates that there should be a difference between 
the rabbis and the, the Torah, which means the Torah itself says that if it's a rabbinic issue, if it's a Torah issue, then we should uh, light, then we should actually uh, do that in, in a certain way, as we're going to learn later on. Mostly, it comes into play when you're not sure. Generally, we say when you're not sure whether you perform the mitzvah of the Torah, if you're not sure, you have a doubt, then you have to do it again. In other words, you have to take the stringent approach. By the rabbis, if a mitzvah, which is based on the rabbis, if you're not sure if you did it or not, then you can take the lenient approach. That's basically what would be the, you don't have to do it again. I mean, of course, you know, if there's no harm, you do it again anyways, you know, but I'm saying that's the basic, that's the basic principle. Let's do uh, uh, one more sif over here, sif gimel. It says, Zman hakrova sa'omer, who, when did they actually bring the offering of this omer? Again, I told you yesterday, you see, the omer is the vessel in which they would measure a certain measure of, it measures today like it says 43 eggs and a third of an egg. It's that, that's what they measure. Is, so what's the answer? Is it rabbi or? It's a dispute, oh, the, but, a dispute but the ruling is that it's a rabbi's, okay. and therefore we could be lenient in those few cases that will make a difference. In those cases that will make a difference, as we'll explain. But other than that, it doesn't really matter whether it's a rabbi. So the ruling is that it is a, that it is from rabbinic origin. So That's the ruling. A few too many synopsis, uh, and you can't remember whether you did the Omar, you say, well, okay, I must have done it. Okay, well, but that's not going to get you away from it, because mm-hmm. usually, I mean, the real question will become... Uh, if you're not sure, then if you can count the next day, we'll, as we'll see later on. Yeah. Okay. So if it has both rabbinic and uh, rabbi interpretation, should you go with the more stringent, stringent one? Yeah, well, okay, so that's, that's, that's uh, uh, that you, I guess if I understand what you're asking, you're saying is, well, if we're not sure if it's the Torah or the rabbis, well, we, we should go with the Torah. Torah. Right. Because, uh-huh. yeah, but in that case, we're really going to look on the authors of the views. I mean, what happened is, there are some of the codifiers that rule that it's from the Torah. There are some of the codifiers that rule uh, that it's from the rabbis. Usually what we do is, uh, we measure how many codifiers say this way, how many that way. There are, there are various different rules, Haru Allah, and it's that, that itself is in disagreement whether we should rule sometimes. So that's not clear. But in this case, you see the Rebbe rules that we go from the rabbis because he accepted the main opinion. It looks like the, the accepted opinion was that it is from the rabbis. That is the most overwhelming, even notwithstanding the fact that there's another opinion. That's why he rules like that. I'm not sure exactly. In every case, it's not. There are certain rules how we establish halacha, but you can see from the reality is that people do things a little bit different. And so that means that it's not just one set of halacha for everybody. I mean, there is deviation. Some people ruled one way, some people ruled the other way. And they're both rulings of the Torah, like you have Ashkenaz and Sfarit, or Chabad and non-Chabad. I mean, you have various different uh, uh, people doing different ways. And we follow, of course, the Alter Rebbe mostly, or the Rebbe's, the way they do it. And... Others don't necessarily do that. Others follow the Mishnah Brura. Some people follow Moshe Feinstein. Some people follow, follow the rabbis in Israel. You know, so there's and they don't narrow always in agreement. And they have they learned out different ways. You know how to follow it. It is generally spoken that the one of the main commentators on the Shulchan Aruch is he has a book called the Mogen Avraham. Uh, the Mogen Avraham. That's the name of the book. 
and the Magen Avram, the Alter Rebbe seems more more times than more times than not, he will rule like the Magen Avram against everybody. Who is that? Okay, well, um, you will have to look up some of this. You look it up online. Yes. The Magen Avram. Okay, so the Alter Rebbe ruled like him, even if there were many that went that went against him. That didn't. Uh, that didn't. He was a rabbi. Um, I'm going to say he lived in the 1400s. You know. I hope I'm not too off. You're looking up right now. But uh, wrote the Magen Avram. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And and what happened was the Alter Rebbe relied very heavily on him, even in cases where there were a lot of people disputing him. He still relied on the Magen Avram. He 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 went like the Magen Avram. It is said that in his older age, he sort of uh, almost reconsidered why he only went blindly. So almost there is that people say that anecdote that uh, yeah. Way off on the. Well, which which year? 1635. 1635. Uh-huh. 1682. So, so he was born in Poland. He's an authority in the Jewish community uh, during the 17th century. I so was that about 100 years before the altar meeting? More than 100 years. Uh, the altar, yeah. Uh, okay, he wrote a commentary on the Archaim. Yeah, that's right. So, the Morgan of Rome. And he... a whole debate, there's everything in there about it. Yeah. Okay, so that, but, but okay, but the, the altar Rebbe... The Alter Rebbe now is the one that um, that that set mostly the lachan into place. Okay, let's just go on. So he says over here, the time that they brought it was of the Omer was on the 16th day of Nisan. That was the time. 16th day of Nisan, of course, is the day after Pesach because Pesach is the 15th of Nisan. This is the 16th of Nisan. Why did they bring it on that day, Shenemar? Because in the verse it states. Mimochrat HaShabbat Yinifenu. It says, the day after Shabbos, you shall raise it. Now, normally we are used to calling Shabbat the seventh day of the week. We call Shabbat. We don't call uh, Pesach uh, Shabbat. Pesach is Yom Tov, not Shabbat. Now, what is the meaning of the word Shabbat? Shabbat really means to rest. So, resting could really be Shabbat, we rest totally because we can do no malacha, no work, but on Yom Tov we are permitted to do work which is necessary for the human uh, existence. Malacha soichel nefesh, that we need to eat, we can do work. So, but in other work, we still have to be Shabbat. So Shabbat is not a stranger to Yom Tov either, but Still, normally we expect the word Shabbat to mean Shabbat, but in this case, when it says Machrat Shabbat, Kiblu Chachomim, our sages have accepted by tradition that in this case, Shezehu Mimachras Yom Tovarishin Shel Pesach, that it is from the day that follows the first day of the first Yom Tov of Pesach. Now, Pesach has two Yom Tovs. It has the first day and it has the last day. Or two days. Forget, but that's by us. That's a chutzlaretz. But we're talking about, we're not sure which is the right day. But technically, the right, there's one day in the beginning and one day at the end. So at the end of the first day Yom Tov, that means Machrat HaShabbat. And, Shazom Machrat Yom Tov Shal Pesach, that is from the day that follows the first day of Pesach. 
And that day itself is already, we don't start, we start, we say from Memochat Shabbat, you start counting that day itself. You start counting the day itself. In other words, you don't wait for that day to go by and start counting. So we don't say from the day that you, uh, uh, the day after Yom Tov, uh, then you wait till the end of the day till after Yom Tov and start counting the next day. But that day itself, but not from the day that follows the day that follows Yom Tov. In other words, the 16th and not the 17th. How do we know? Because Shenemar... Seder, you start counting. No. The day after the Seder, the next night. By us, oh yeah, you mean if it's in Golos, by us it's going to be the second Seder. But not after yeah, the first. The first Seder, Seder is the 15th. They have Omer. Omer of the end. Okay, yeah, that's correct. But I was talking in the second Seder. Okay, okay because that's really, the second Seder is really the 16th, the night of the 16th. As we're going to learn in one second. Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, Mehochel chermesh bakomo techel the Torah says when the sickle starts to uh, attack the growing stalks, that means when you start cutting, basically, that's the chermesh, uh, that's the sickle, starts to cut the comma, then you begin to cry, to, to, to count. So that teaches you, since you say you start to count when you start to cut, so then you learn that Shazman Hasvira, that the time of counting is Hubizman Reshisakitsira, that you start counting when you first start to cut. The Hainu Bizman Kitsira Saimer. When you start to cut, then when do you start to cut? That is when you cut the Oimer. When do you cut it? You cut it before or after you bring it. You have to cut it before you bring it. Yeah. You can't cut it after you bring it because you cut it before. You can't bring it if you didn't cut it. So you cut it. So therefore, since the Torah says you do it when you start to cut, so it must mean that you start doing it from that day itself. And it has to be daylight to use the sickle in the field. Well, okay, hold on about a second. Now the question becomes, the question becomes, okay, so we know when you start to cut, which has to be now, maybe we should start counting like during the daytime. What you're saying when you start using the sickle in the field when the actual time. So he says like this. It is impossible to start the counting on the actual day that you bring it. So why not start on the 16th by day when you bring it? Because the Torah says from the day that you bring the Omer. So why don't we start in the daytime when you bring Omer? And he says, And we know that you cannot bring the Omer only when it's actual daytime. You can't bring the Omer not even... In the, in the earlier in the morning, like in dawn or later, you have to bring in the daytime. Uh, so the Rebbe says, the Alter Rebbe says like this, Shenemar, because the Torah says, there have to be full days. So how are you going to get, if you start counting in the daytime, you're missing the night beforehand. You're not going to have a full, you're not going to have a full counting. You cannot find it a whole. Ba'erev. Only if you start counting from the evening, that's when you can have a full day. The Hainu. So, 
word, which means, how do we start? That you start counting the first day, on the night of the 16th, before dawn. If you want to get that whole 16th day, I mean, not, you're not going to get the whole night, but you're going to get the whole day, you must minimally have it before dawn, before the starts light of the morning, because then you can have the whole day counted, and you can have a full day. You may not even have a full night, because you don't count it on the first instant of the night, but you're counting it at night, so that you're going to have a full day. Who's counting? Is, is, there was the based in. That based in. It was, a, it was a communal sacrifice. And the Gemara describes in great detail how the process of the uh, Omer was, was done. Actually, it started off with the nighttime, and notwithstanding with the light, I'm not sure exactly... Uh, um, I'm not sure exactly when the actual cutting, I don't remember offhand now when the exactly cutting was done, but the process did definitely start at night time at that time. We'll see in a minute. He says that who had so what do we know? We know that you have to start the first day, you have to start, you have to start it from the day, you can't start it the next day because it says when you're starting to cut, the cutting takes place and it has to be at night time because that's the only way you're going to get a whole day is when you do it the night before. But what about the other nights? So we say, the same thing is true, that the counting of the other days, it's only, you always have to count at night time, so you have a full day, you have to always count at night. How do we know that? Because even though we only have the first time, it says when you start to, he says, because we should assume that the assumption is that all days should be counted in the same way. So if the first day has to be counted at nighttime for the day, so every other counting needs to take place at the nighttime. Now he says... You can't count on Yontif, can you? No. But this was after Yontif, really. This was after Yontif. No, I mean, if the Torah tells you you could, you bring sacrifice in Yontif too, if they're uh, mandatory for that day, but you know, the but the day after they didn't do it on Yom Tov. Okay, okay, but but we're talking about, uh, but okay, but that's already done. Well, we're talking about the, after the first day. Um, he says the entire night is kosher to count the Omer. If you forgot, you didn't count in the beginning of the night. So let's say you want to get the whole day, you want to get part of the night in also. But the whole night of the day is kosher. If you didn't count in the beginning of the night, and you remember before dawn, so you're supposed, you're obligated to count. But to begin with, mitzvah to do the mitzvah in the proper, in the most choicest way, to count in the beginning of the night, as soon as you daven Mariv, after Mariv you do the Svirat Omer. Now, so before you start counting on the night time, you have to make a bracha. You need to make a blessing. You make an all mitzvah. Now he says, Whether the mitzvah is 
Torah origin, origins from the Torah. Or it comes from the rabbi, you still make a bracha. And like we explained also, even though we say, because God commanded us to listen to the rabbi, so therefore, it's still our commandment. So what he's hinting here also, even though we said before that it, the main thing is that it's Midrabonon, that it's only from the rabbis, the Vrishofrim, but still the bracha, notwithstanding that, the bracha is still made either way. Now, what happens? You forgot to count all night. And then you remembered during the daytime. So you forgot to count at nighttime, and I remember during the daytime. So he tells you what you should do is, Yisper, you should count, but don't make a bracha. For the, whole, for the rest of no, the day? No, no, that day. Wait a minute, not the rest of the day. We're talking about right that day. You didn't count at nighttime, you remembered in the daytime, you count without a bracha. Why? Okay, so here you see clearly that it was cut at night time. Yes, because those that say that if it was not cut at night time, if the cutting was done at night time, and notwithstanding they didn't have the light, but apparently they lit, they they, they were able to cut. Use the moon, or uh, we're talking about the uh, the moon is a full yeah. moon. Then we're talking yeah. about sixteen full moon. But there's still a little light from the moon. It's not yeah. pitch dark. Yeah. and therefore, okay. So, so what would it, so since it was cut in the daytime, so therefore, when the Torah says when you start cutting. It's very well could mean during the daytime also. So from the time you start to cut, and the cutting was actually done in the daytime, so it's okay to count the sefira on the daytime. So no matter what, if you forgot or maybe intentionally you didn't, uh, you neglected to count the sefira, and you didn't count in the daytime, according to that opinion. We say Chayiv Lisper That opinion says you're still obligated to count in the daytime and make the bracha. But if you miss the whole day, okay, that we didn't say. One second, let me go next, and I will tell you one second. Ulevarich. So that we say to 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 um, you have to count in the daytime and you have to make the bracha. So according to them, it doesn't matter even if you still make. But therefore. But there's those that disagree and say no, that you cannot count, you cannot count at the daytime, you cannot count anymore. And therefore, what do we do when there's a disagreement like that? You should count without a blessing because again, because the uh, question when you're not sure whether you make a bracha, you don't make a bracha. Mentioning God's name is a very great responsibility. And you don't want to mention it when you're not sure. So don't. But the mitzvah, so even if you're not obligated, so what happens? So you're saying, Hayom Yom, you're saying, Hayom Yom, you forgot, and you're saying that Yom doesn't hurt anybody. So therefore, you should do that anyways. So a suffix from the Rabbanu, we're not going to say the brach. Now, to answer your question, we're going to learn later on. If you did count, even if you forgot the, the, the night time, but you, if you counted the, the daytime, even though you could not make a bracha during the daytime, you still can count the next day. We're going to learn it later on. And you can still make a bracha. Unless you forgot totally, if you forgot the night and the day, once you missed one day completely, 
then you, you're finished with the bracha. You can't make a bracha anymore. Because some people say that the counting has to be continuous. You can't count and miss a day. If you didn't miss a day, then it's not called counting. It has to be one, two, three. And if you miss two, you can't set saying three. It's too late. The other one says, no, it's independent. We're counting it. It's days to the Omer, but whether regardless or not. But therefore, we will count, but you'll count without a bracha. And what people would normally do is that you listen to somebody else who could make a bracha, and you have in mind, you say, oh, man, so it counts for you too, as if you said so a bracha. If you miss it night, you, you can count the, the bracha on the day, but you can continue saying you the can, bracha. I mean, if you count, you can continue saying but the bracha. But if you miss the whole day, night and the day, then you're then done, you're, for, then the you're done for the bracha. For the sphira, your own bracha. But you can but still you can listen, listen to somebody else. Okay. Listen to somebody else make the bracha. Those are all halachas we'll learn later on. Yeah? Hey, you mentioned counting to the Omer. Did you say that? Yes. So we brought the Omer on the 16th of Nisan. Right. That's the only day, I believe, that we bring it. Yeah. The rest is counting. So why yeah. counting to the Omer? If from the day that we brought the Omer. To meaning not coming to the Omer. It's from the day the Omer. To the Omer meaning that from the day, that's the point from which we're counting from. Okay. Not, not to. Actually, the, um, the Rishon and the Ran, they bring down this counting, even though we're saying counting for the Omer. That's the way the Torah says, from the day that you brought the Omer, that's when you start to count. And uh, like we say in the, in the counting, we say, Yom Yom, Echad Laomer. Today is one day to the Omer, meaning from the Omer. That's from what we Omer. say. Okay. Not coming to the Omer, Laomer to the Omer means from the Omer. But he says that that actually represented the anticipation for the Torah being given because the Jews knew that in seven weeks they were going to get the Torah. The Torah is going to give it to them. So every day that they counted was sort of counting two. So we don't say that in the Sphira, but that was the idea behind the counting. Is that why they have those number of days till Shavuot? That's right. Because it, it, it answered Shavuot. Right. The, but there's a whole other discussion which I'm not going to get into now. We're going to have it later on the Shulchan Aruch. If you calculate the days in those days, the times, actually Shavuot did not come out on the same day that the Torah was given. Because the 49 days, Shavuot was on Friday, and the Torah was given on Shabbat. You know, if you, you calculate that, because if the Jews left Egypt was Thursday, okay, so the, um, the, um, uh, the, 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 uh, the 40, um, the, the 50th day uh, will be uh, the next Thursday, and the Friday will be the 51st. So um, it, it turns out that Shavuot did not come out on the day of... But that's, that's a whole other discussion. You We're not going to go to that. night or the day. What? You can count at night or the day. Not or. You should count only at nighttime. But if you forget, you're obligated to count in the day. You have to count in the daytime. But if you didn't, if but if you forgot or you didn't count, right. so then you lose out, you lose out the breast. Right. Thank, okay. thank you. Okay, thank you. Everybody have a good yontem Shabbos. We we'll see you. Uh, continue in chapter Tough Pay Test four hundred and eighty nine, and we're up to subsection Dalad, uh, the fourth seif. Uh, Over here, the Alter Rebbe writes, Hasifirot Sorich Levorich Meumod. The blessing that we make for the Svirat Omer in the beginning we say Baruch Ata Hashem, Asher Kiddushanu Bimitzvosovitzivanu Al Svirat Omer. You have to make the blessing while you're standing, and uh, the reason is Shenemar because the pasuk states. Here it seems like we're talking about the Alter Rebbe seems to be talking about 
the blessing that you make for the counting of the Sefirat Omer. He's not talking over here actually about the Sefirat Omer itself, but it almost seems evident. So when he says, Tzarich Levarech, you have to bless in the Umad, and he gives the verse for it, Shenemar, because the Pasik says, uh, when they start to cut the Mehochel Chermesh Bakomo, Komo is talking about when they sickle starts to hit the standing common means standing up the height of the of the grain of the uh, stalks when they're growing in the field you start to cut the comma comma means standing up the right the upright the upright so because the Torah uses the word comma upright we say that the blessing needs to be done upright but it therefore almost sounds that this should be talking about not about the blessing, but rather about the actual counting of this sefira, not the blessing that you make of this sefira. We have two things. Now, generally speaking, all blessings are done for you do the mitzvah, you do them while you're standing up, as it's also brought down in uh, earlier in the Alter Rebbe's Shulchan Aruch, it brings down in Simon Chesiv Gimel, that whenever you make a bracha, you do it standing. But this verse isn't talking about the brachas. This is talking about particularly when we're talking about the Sefirah to Omer. We're trying making an allusion because the Torah uses the words Bakoma. Here it seems in the uh, in the text over here, it seems to say that the blessing of the Sefirah should be done standing because the Torah uses the word Bakoma and Vidar Shuchachomim, our sages, they expounded the word of Bakoma over here. Altikra Bakoma, don't reason raised, Ella Bekoima, while you're standing, instead of Bakoma, the word can also be Bekoima, while you're standing up. Uh, that you should begin to count while you're standing. They're sort of making an illusion, a play on the words, that it can mean that you should be standing. But over here, that's what it seems from the wording. But at the end of the day, it seems that this is something which is unique to the law of Svirat Omer. And the Altarebbe continues, he says, if you counted while you were sitting, you fulfill your obligation. Now here he doesn't say if you made the blessing while you're sitting. He says if you counted, you see there's two things. There's one thing is to say the blessing, and then there is to say the counting. It almost seems, even though, again, I have to go back to really study this a little bit, but the language in the beginning seems like he's talking about the blessing that you make for the counting. But then, in the end, it seems he's not talking about the blessing of the counting. He's actually talking about the actual counting itself. And he's saying to you, if you counted while you were sitting, you fulfilled your obligation. Now, one can say, well, if you counted while you're sitting and you made the bracha while you're sitting, why doesn't the Alter Rebbe say, like he started off in the beginning, and he should say, uh, if he made the bracha while he was sitting, he said, if he counted, maybe the maybe he includes both of them, the blessing with the counting together. In the beginning he uses the blessing and then he uses the counting. But I would be inclined, if I didn't have this wording here, 
that we're talking specifically about the counting because this is a pasuk which is specifically talking about Sfirat Omer and to say that this this post the blessing that we make for Sfirat Omer isn't unique to Sfirat Omer that is a blessing you make for all the mitzvahs whatever you do you make always a blessing so it seems a little bit more difficult to learn from something specifically which the Torah says by the Omer to apply to the blessing. It seems more that it would apply to that special mitzvah, which is the counting, that the counting should be done moment. But again, I need to look at this further. And he says, But after the fact, if you did count when you were sitting, and I suppose the same thing would be if you made the bracha after you were sitting, uh, it, it is okay. Because he says, yeah. This is merely a leaning. In other words, it's an illusion that many times the rabbis use the verse sort of to support their idea, but it's not really the literal meaning. It doesn't really mean that. In other words, when the Torah wrote this, this that the sages learned from the Torah, there wasn't a real uh, learning that this is actually what is meant. It's only the rabbis wanted you to stand and they leaned it on something that the Torah said sort of to find a support to them what they were saying so therefore the ruling is again that you should do it while you're standing if you happen to do it which means in this case I'm saying they counted, they said the blessing and you counted the sphera while you were sitting after the fact you fulfilled your obligation now what we're counting how many days is it from the time that we brought the Omer we brought the Omer on the day that followed uh, Pesach and we're counting how many days since the Omer and as we learned in the previous Sif we're not counting how many days from after the Omer but from the day of the Omer as we learned from the Pesach you count that day is counted as well so we count that day, that's the first day. So the first day is the 16th day of Nisan, which is, the, which is by tradition, we said that is the Memochras HaShavos. Shabbos is the first day of Pesach, and Memochras HaShavos is the day that follows. Now, in subsection Hey, he says, interesting, if you look the way we count, he says like this, Min We have to count both the days, how many days, and we also have to count how many weeks. The reason is because we have two verses. Shenema, in one verse it says, Tisperu chamishim yom, you shall count 50 days. So here it says count 50 days. Kloimar, that is to say, at chamishim. We don't say count 50 because we know we only count 49. The Torah says count 50, meaning up to 50. You count 50, 49, up till the 50th day. That's correct. But over here, the, the emphasis that we're trying to study from this verse is that you have to count the day, each day. So therefore, you're counting one, two, three, four. Now, the Oimer, but there's another verse that states. Now, this verse is in Vayikra. Uh, in chapter Chav Gimel Pasik Tezayin, where it says 
50 days. But then there is another another verse, and this verse is in Devarim, in Deuteronomy 69, Tezayin Tez. Over there the verse says, Shiva Shavuos Tispar Loch, that you shall count seven weeks. Over there doesn't say days. Over there the Torah says you count weeks. So you say this is the first, so that we will count the first week, the second week, or something like that. So what do we know? But yes, 49 days is right. But what are we supposed to count? Are we supposed to count days or weeks? Or we should say, well, this is the first week of the Omer, this is the second week of the Omer. How do you do both? Well, the thing was, it's the Shabbos, right? What? No, the day after Shabbos. The day after Shabbos, which means Shabbos in this case means Yontem, which is Pesach. The Shabbos over here is Pesach. So the day after Pesach, the first day of Pesach, the 16th day, no, whether it's Sunday or not. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a whole, actually, but that's how That came after, the real name Sunday, yeah. But there was, there was a whole debate about that, whether you should become, there were people that didn't believe in the oral Torah. And they literally wanted to learn the verse, Memochras HaShabbos, means after Shabbos, as we know. And there's a whole discussion, but that's beyond what we're studying right now. So he says like this. So how does one count the weeks and the days? So the question is, How do we count both days and weeks? So he says like this. When you reach seven days. So the first week you can't count, it's not a week yet. So there's not a week, so you have to, you're counting days. So when you come to the seven days, you say, Hayom Shiva Yomim, today is seven days, Shehem Shavua Echot, which is one week. So now you're counting the seven days, which is one week. So now we're doing both. We're saying days, and we're saying it's also one week from the Omer. And when you come to the 14th day, so then you do Yoimar, then you say, Today is the 14th day, which is two weeks. So every time when you come to the end of 21 days, at the end of each week, you say both. You say the number of days plus how many weeks it is. Okay, now, this is the minimal requirement. The imloy also came, if you don't do so, lo yotso yudei chavosim in Torah, you have not fulfilled your obligation from the Torah, because the Torah wants you to count both the days and the weeks. Now, if you noticed, and this is what we're going to study in the next section, we actually don't only do it at the end of the week. <coughs> Every day, starting from the seventh day and on, we will also say the week plus how many days in the week it is. And we're going to see why. Because in this case, in the first uh, ruling, in the general ruling in the beginning, he says only at the end of the weeks you're going to count the weeks. So you do the days and then you do the weeks plus when you come to the end of the week. Subsection 6, see above, he says like this. But in the days that are in between each week and week, you know, before a whole week, in the middle of the weeks. As for, which means, from the eighth day till the thirteenth day. Okay, those are the intermediate days. It's not a full week. Including the thirteenth, the eighth and the thirteenth, between the eighth and the thirteenth. Or, 
same thing is starting from the 15th the f- second week is about the 14th so starting from the 15th until the 20th days those are not full weeks those are so just one week plus yeah okay that's right one week plus but we don't have to mention what he's going to say is in between days you don't have to mention the week you just say the number of days so you'll say uh, uh, so he's going to say and the days that are in between the other week here we have two opinions what are we supposed to do in those days everybody will agree that at the end of the week you have to say 14 days which is 2 weeks 7 days which is 1 week 21 days with 3 weeks but what happens with the 10 days what do we do then so yes there is those that say and those you don't have to mention how many weeks it is. You only have to say what number day that is. As for example, on the eighth day, you say, you say today is eight days. You don't have to say on the eighth day, it's one week plus one day. You don't say, you don't count the day. You just say, today is 8 days, today is 9 days, today is 10 days, 11, 12, 13. When it comes to 14, you say 14 days, which is 2 weeks. Yeah. But the other people say just the opposite. They say that in between days, what you got to do is that that on the 8th on the day, what you do is you say today is one week and plus one day. You don't even mention that it is. So which is the right eight, way? Wait a minute. Okay, well, let's first see what the other okay. opinion says. The other opinion says not necessary to mention any days. All what you're going to do is the way you're going to mention the days, that's on top of the weeks. So you say one week plus a day. One then the way we're going to do it is we're going to do both opinions. So we're going to cover both, both sides. Make we're going to cover, no, no we cover both sides. What do you do on the 15th day? You say, So that's a second opinion. But we also have a third opinion. And the third opinion says, we got to do both. Which means that that you have to say the total number of days and also the week. Keep going. As for example, on the eighth day, you say, eight days, which is one week and one day. So you got to do them both. Same thing in all other days. You have to say both. The total amount of days, whatever number of days it is, and the weeks, and and the days that is over the... So it really reinforces that you know what day is being counted. Yeah, and, but to us, that's true. But to us, we're trying to figure out what exactly did the Torah mean when it wants you to count the days and the weeks? Does it only want you to count the weeks at the end of each week and count the number? Does it want you to just count the week? Once you have a full week, you count the week plus the day on top of the week? 
Or does the Torah want you to count everything? All the number of days, plus the week and what the, ev- what the extra is over there. It's telling you both in two different books. So they tell you everything. Yeah, the Torah is saying it. One book is telling you to count the day, and the other book is telling you to count Yeah, but we have to combine them together. Yeah, so I'm saying we're combining them together. We got to do them both. Well, how both? But the question is, how do we make it both? Does both mean that after you have one week, you say one week and one day, and then two weeks and two days? Uh, or one week and two days? Or does it mean number of days eight plus seven, so which is one, or seventy-one? So the answer is. Says the custom that has been sort of spread out, accepted amongst all communities of Israel, has been the last one to do both to say the number of the days plus to say the number of the week and how many days beyond the week. In that case, it seems that you cover all opinions. One should not make any changes. But you said the day after, so, it could, so what you're doing is you're not doing like. It's, it's like the 23rd day, there's actually one for the 23rd day, it wouldn't be the second day of the third week. Well, you say both. So you say, today is the 23rd day for the Omer, so and 23, it. which is two weeks, yeah. and two days. So you're doing all three. You do everything. So okay. you come on. And that's the way we do it, and we says you shouldn't change. This has been the... That's a custom that's been passed on. Yeah, now you're going to ask me a question... Since this is the way it's done, so why bother telling us that there's any other way of doing it? Because there's a difference between the way we should do the thing to begin with, and then what happens if we made a mistake? Try what happens if we made a mistake? No, we counted, but we did one of these other countings. If he makes a mistake, umona, and he counts, base. That he counts in one of these first two uh, opinions. Like, let's say, he only counted on the eighth day, he says, Hayom Shmona Yamim Laomer. And he didn't say anything about the weeks at all. According to the first opinion, that's fine. In other words, only because according to the first opinion, only by the end of the week he has to say two weeks. But in the middle of the week, it just says eight days for the Omer. So that, according to the opinion, would be okay. Or, on the eighth day, he says today is one week plus a day. Right. He didn't say it's eight days. He just says today is one week plus a day. So that's this, that, that would be good according to the second opinion, not good according to the first opinion. But if he made a mistake and he counted like that. So then, he says... In days that are middle of the week, because it's different. At the end of the week, it would be no good. But in the middle of the week, any opinion that you chose ain't sorich lachzer velisper. You don't have to go and count again. It's okay. When that was talking about, especially bizman hazeh nowadays, because you remember nowadays we accepted the ruling earlier. 
like the opinion that says the counting of the sphere today is not really a biblical command. It's not the Torah command because the Torah command applies only when they actually brought the carbon omer. We don't have the base of Mikdash. We accepted that as being the main opinion. So the only reason we're counting is to commemorate what they used to do then. That's a rabbinic origin. Since it's from a rabbinic origin, which is counted from Divrei Sofrim. So that way, that would be enough. That would be enough because if there is a ruling, there's a disagreement by the rabbis, and you did like the lenient opinion, you can be lenient over it. We don't have to recount so again. So if the count is based on rabbinic, that's why you can't do weddings and all of that because it's based on rabbinic. Okay, those weddings not doing in Sphira has nothing really to do with the counting of the Omer. The Sphira, that has, that's a separate, it happened to be at the same time of the Sphira in which the students of Rabbi Kiva died and we oh, do oh, more. So but it has nothing to do with the oh, counting. Oh, okay. Counting of the Sphira has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. Oh, okay. It just happened to come out in the oh, days. Oh, okay. Of the okay. Sephira, okay. but it's not really nothing to do nothing with the counting. Okay, they're separate. They're separate. They're separate. Two okay. separate. Okay. But over here we're saying that because the counting is from the rabbis, at the end of the day, any counting that you did, if it had it been an, a biblical obligation, according to one opinion, you didn't do the, what the, what the Torah tells you. But in this case, the Torah is not telling you to do so. It's the rabbis. And according to the rabbis, it's acceptable. Any one of the accounting that you've done is acceptable as a commemorative. Because the Torah uh, says 49 days. But. Or the 50th, whatever. No, but, but, but we're not counting because we don't have the Omer. So we're not counting because the Torah tells us. We're counting because the rabbi says to commemorate. So therefore, any one of the opinion, any way we count it, even though, according to that opinion, if it was a Torah obligation, or if he counted like that in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, and he would count like that, then he would not fulfill, he would have to count again. Now, one wonders, why did they make such a big deal? Let him just count again, you know? I mean, uh, it's, it seems almost, uh, if you have a question, it's not no, no skin off your, <laughs> of your back. I mean, what is the big deal? Let him... Let them count again and finish. Everybody's counting a different way. But yeah. As long as you do the count, is really what's important. Yeah. So that's what it. Okay. So he said. In the Torah, there was no counting. <laughs> the barley was brought. And they did count. Oh, and they did count. The Torah says you should count from that day, but that actually at that time when they counted, that was a positive command. That was a command of the Torah, and we have a. A disagreement of here how exactly we're supposed to fulfill this mitzvah and in that case you wouldn't fulfill the mitzvah according to one opinion you fulfilled it and you didn't fulfill the other one you would have to count it again because when you're not sure of a Torah command if you fulfill the mitzvah then you have to do it again but when you're not sure by a rabbinic command whether you fulfilled the mitzvah or not because according to one opinion you didn't fulfill the mitzvah we don't have to do it again because that's the rule when it comes to rabbinic uh, laws, if we're not sure we do it, we don't have to do it over again. But he adds even more. Even in the days which are the end of the weeks, like let's say on the seventh day, and on the fourteenth day, or similar like on the seventh and the fourteenth, 
If you made a mistake and you only counted the days alone, you just said today is seven days for the Omer. Or you say today is 14 days for the Omer. You did not say the number of the weeks. You didn't mention the weeks at all. So here it's kind of iffy. Why? Because before the Alter Rebbe stated clearly, minimally, which everybody agrees, that at the end of the week, one needs to count both the days and the week. So that means in the time of the Torah, if you counted on the seventh day, seven, only seven, you didn't say the number of the weeks, or you said the number of the weeks really and didn't say seven, you did not fulfill your obligation because everybody agrees that that's where the two verses definitely come into play. Number plus the day of the weeks. But yet, and nowadays, since it's only the Rabbonon, yes, Omrim, there are still some that say, not everybody, that in nowadays, since the counting is just as a commemorative event, so even in those days, when from the Torah you would have to count both, not counting both, you didn't qualify, Today, as a commemorative event, we don't really care about the particulars that you should say seven days plus a week. If you counted the days, if you say the number of days, you fulfilled your obligation. That would be if you just say the days and you don't say the weeks. What happens in the other way? But what happens if you just said the weeks? So on the seventh day, he says, you say today is one week on the seventh day. You don't say seven days. Or on the second week you say, you say today is two weeks. You're saying, and you didn't mention the number of days. So then you do have to go back and count again. So even that linear opinion that says that from the rabbis it's enough to mention, to remember but you have to minimally remember the numbers. You have to say the number. Saying the weeks alone would not suffice, even according to that lenient opinion. And the reason is, because the main counting is by numbers of days. And the reason is, why is the main counting by the number of days? He says, just by the numbers alone, you can count all 49 days. So you can go through the entire sefira by just saying the number of days. You get 49 days. But you can't count just by number of weeks, because that's only once a week you can count. You always have to use additional numbers. Uh, if you don't mention the number of days, you cannot count only once a week you can count, which is the end of the week. You can only count the 7th day, the 14th day, the 21th day, and so on. You can only count the days at the end. So therefore, that's not the main counting. So at least, minimally, you have to say the number of the day. But there's someone that disagree. Some disagree, and this because the question is, 
So we, we know, according to all opinions, just saying the week alone isn't going to work. The question is saying the days alone. One says that it's okay, but yes, Omrim, there's yet another opinion says no. That af imona hayomim levad, even if you just counted the days alone, tzarich lavzer velisper, you have to go back and count again. Whatever the Chachamim instituted was similar to the Torah. If you're counting now to commemorate the way the Torah did it, you have to do it the way it was done then. And we should worry about their words. Meaning, if you just counted the days and not the, at the end of the week. Now, we did say before that if you counted not on a weekend, if you counted during the eighth, let's say on the eighth day, if you counted any type of counting, which is what? Which either you said today is eight days without saying the weeks, or you said the weeks, today is eight days and one day without saying the days, that would suffice. Now we're talking about at the end of the week, on a seventh day, if you just said the number of the week, you said today is one week, that would not suffice if you just said now if you just said the end of the week alone, let's say you made a bracha on the seventh day and you said today is one week and then you went on, you're going to have to count again and make another bracha, why? because what you did was not good because according to all opinions, just saying the week at the end of the week doesn't work, what happens however, if you just said the number of days. So over there, some say at the end of the week it's okay, the number of days. Some say it's not okay. So he rules that you'd have to count again without a bracha. We should warn the words and count without a bracha. So at the end of the weeks, we have to be more careful in the way we do it, to do it in the right, the right way. Um, like everything else, yeah? The book shows here, Right. Today is seven days, which is one week. And? Oh, that's okay, right. And one week. That's how it looks. Because that, that's right. All right. So then it goes like today is nine days, which is one week, two days of the Oma. That's the right way to do it. So you cover all, all the. What page is that? It's 136. Oh. Okay. Yeah, that is the right way to do it to begin with. The question becomes if a person made a mistake. Okay, so today is 14 days, which is two weeks of the Omer. Then uh-huh. today is 15 days, which is two weeks and one day. Okay, so but what we learned over here, if on the eighth day, for example, you said today is um, one, one week, week and one day. And one day. Do you have to count again? No. No, the book, that's no, no, you didn't do, but you didn't say it's eight days. No. You just said seven days, set one week and one day. That's all what you said. Do you have to count again? The answer is no. Because no. there's one opinion. Lies. Suffolk, because it's been the Rabbanon, one opinion says it's okay that you fulfilled your obligation. You're not sure whether you fulfilled your obligation. You don't have to count no, again. because a week is implied that it's seven days. That's right. So we, we, we understand that. Right. But the question is, the rabbinic, when, when the rabbis say that we have to remember the way they did it in the in the Beis Hamikdash. Right. Did they want you to meet that standard the way it was in the Beis Hamikdash? Say it was day which eight. Which means which which means on day number 
Seven, in the time of the Beis Hamikdash, when the obligation was from the Torah, in order for you to fulfill your obligation, you would have to minimally say, today is seven days, which is one week. And in those days, you would have to uh, do it both. You have to do it seven days. If you just did one of them, you would not fulfill your obligation. But take a look from the Seder. You can actually learn that by the Seder, we do matzah, and then memorer, and then we do the karech, we do the Hillel sandwich. Right? Right. Why? Because according to Hillel, just doing the matzah murder, you're not fulfilling your obligation because when the rabbis made it, commemorated, they commemorated it to do it the same way they did it at the time of the temple. It almost seems like these two opinions over here, it almost seems like these two opinions, do you have to fulfill, do you have to just do something to correspond to the way it was done? Or you have to have it precisely the way it was done. So when we talk about Sphira, if it needs to be done precisely the way they did it then, you need to have both. You have to have the Sphira, the days and the weeks. If it just has to be commemorative, days, he says, would be sufficient. Weeks alone would not be sufficient, according to everybody. The difference in all these things would be whether you need to make a bracha. In a case where the ruling is not clear, we're going to tell you to uh, count again and make a bracha. But it's interesting that the ruling changes that in the middle of the week, he doesn't say to you that you have to count again. He says you fulfilled as long as you met one of the, during the middle of the week. If you, you counted either, uh, uh, I'm talking about the middle of the week, let's say on the day eight. You either counted um, eight days without saying anything about the week, or you only counted. You said eight days, uh, seven, uh, one week, and one day. You would not have to count again. He rules that way. He doesn't say count again without a bracha. He says don't count. You don't have to count. But when you come to the end of the a weekend, when it comes to the uh, seventh day, so over there he says if you just counted. Uh, the days without saying that it's one week he doesn't say just because and according to one ruling it's okay and the other ruling is not okay he doesn't say okay you fulfilled your obligation because it's Midrabonon you fulfilled your obligation but he says count again we should worry about their opinion but don't make a bracha that's what he rules here the Below the same thing. And, okay. Are you saying in the Torah there were two comments that say yes. one by day and one by week? That's right. So that's yes. why we have to do both because the Torah. That was the origination of it, and then but then there was also a question how to interpret what the Torah meant over there. What the Torah meant exactly when it says by day and by the week? Did it mean that you should count every? Uh, does it mean just the days? At what point do we change it around? But it seems like over there. He rules that you should go lenient and you don't have to count again. Again, I'm not so sure what is it such a big deal to count again when you could, if you have the opportunity to count again. I mean, it's just a matter of saying the words again. It's just, you know, why does he have to be so generous in saying, just, why doesn't he rule? I mean, I don't understand. Why doesn't he just so count again and don't say the bracha? So, I mean, what's the big, what's such a big, 
loss. It's not even you don't have to do anything. You don't have to get anywhere. You don't have to just say just say the words. So I'm not sure why he's so lenient, saying that you don't have to do it again. I mean, it seemed like the better it would almost seem that it would be just as good as an option as doing it again. And he doesn't even say. Well, for better, just do it. He doesn't say. He says, just you fulfilled your obligation, and that's it, because it's, it's from the rabbis. It's one and the same. It really is. One week in one day or eight days. It's the same thing. Yeah, that's true, but the question is... Because what the Torah says week yeah. on one side, yeah, yeah. and one says one day. So days. the question is, how do we do it? So he's saying if you do... yeah. Let's do one more halakha over here, and we'll go move on from there. We'll leave it okay. So he says like this. What happens in Sif Zayin? We say in Sofar beOisius Aleph Base. If he counts by using the letters of Aleph Base, so you know Aleph corresponds to one, Base corresponds to two, Gimel. So you say Shomar, like if he says Hayom Yom Aleph. Today is Aleph. Today, which is really one, or Yom Base. Today Hayom Yom Base. Today is the second day. Hayom Yom Gimel or Gimel Yom. Is that count? Do you have to say Hayom Echod, Hayom Shnei Yomim, two, or do you can say represented by the letter Aleph, represented by the level, the uh, level Gimel? So yes, Eminim Shiyoti Dechavase. Again, some say that's fulfilled your obligation. It's good. Yes, Eminim Shaloyotza. Some say that you haven't fulfilled your obligation. We should worry about that opinion. Again, in this case, it rules like in the end of the last one. To go ahead and count again without making a bracha. So count again if you're not sure. Count again and don't make a bracha. What happens if you don't say today is the first day of the Omer? He just says, he doesn't say today. He says, first day of the Omer. 18 days to the Omer, 16 days to the Omer. You don't say today is the 16th day of the Omer. You just say 16th day to the Omer. Then you haven't fulfilled your obligation. You have to count today's day. You must go ahead back and count with a brother. <coughs> Why? Once you, since you said such as so many days, 18 days, but you haven't counted today's day. That you're standing. You're not counting today's day. You're just saying the number 18. The Torah says that the, 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 the 50 days that the Torah wants you to count, up to 50, the Torah wants you to count this day itself. The Torah doesn't want you to count 18 days to the Omer. The Torah wants to come, today is the 18th day of the Omer. Not just to say how many days from the Omer, but the Torah wants you to count the day. The Torah wants to say, Today is the 18th day of Omer. Not just for you to know it's 18 days from the Omer, but to count the day and say, Hayom, that the Yom is such and such. But what happens on the other hand? If the person says, He just says, Today is six days. Right? He doesn't say to the Omer. He just says, He doesn't say to the Omer. Yotza, he fulfilled his obligation. So he says, because strictly from the ruling of the law, you don't even have to say it all to the Omer. You can just say, you just say, today is six Sunday. You don't even have to specify to the Omer. 
But the custom is to articulate well what we're doing. It's eight days to what? To the Omen. What are we counting to? We can just count. The Torah doesn't say to the Omer every time. But we just are explaining it. After the fact, it does not hold back. The counting was a good counting. Even if we did not say the Omer, we just says, Hayom Shnei Yomim. That's fine. Yom Shloshi Yomim. Without using the word Lamer. But it's really from the Omer. Yeah, that's what it is. But the Torah doesn't expect you to articulate. The Torah wants you to say the day, but it doesn't tell you that you have to say to what you're counting. That's what we're counting. Okay. But you don't have to say that in your counting. You just say today is two days, today is three days. Now, the Yesh Noagim, how do we say? We say La Omer. La Omer means to the Omer. But there's another tradition, Loimar Boimer, that is in the Omer, uh-huh. not to the Omer. Uh, like two days know. in the Omer. I mean, yeah, uh, I like that one. So he says, We should not. Uh, discount or make any version wrong. He says, because they are uh, both accurate, so whatever whatever version it is, they're both accurate. And he says, however, in the parenthesis, the Alter Rebbe adds over here, there are those that for reasons known to them, and usually that represents the Kabbalah, the Siddur of Darizal, and Others and their and their reasoning they say Loimar Loimer Achar Minyan Hayomim. So you say Hayom Yom Echod Laomer or Hayom Yom Shwan Shahim Shavua Echod Yom Echod Laomer. So but they say before they say Shavua Echod, they say Laomer. Miya Koidam Minyan Hashavuas. As for example, you know going, they say Hayom Shmoina Yomim Laimer. So they say, uh, they put in the word Laimer after the number of the days, and then they go on to say the number of the weeks. Mm-hmm. So the, by the Shemayna Yomim, they would say, Shemayna Yomim Laomer, and then they say, which is one week and one day. But that's not in our tradition. In our tradition, in our sitter, we have the word, you say the whole thing together, you say so you count the days, you count the week plus how many days is left over, and then you go ahead and you count, and then you say the word Lomer. Okay, so we're doing section Tough Pay Test 489, and now we're up to uh, subsection Ches. We were discussing that the numbers for the Sefirat Omer, when we count the Sefira, we have to both do the days and the weeks. Now, so the, he says now, just specifically the language we use for the Sefirat Omer. So he says, Derech Tzachus Loshen HaKodesh, the uh, accurate, uh, right, the beautiful way in the Hebrew tongue, when we speak Hebrew, is Lomar Yamim Loshen Rabim. You say, Shnei Yamim, Shlosha Yamim. Yamim, you don't say Shnei Yom, but uh, you say Yamim in a plural, Mishnayim Vaadasara. From two up to ten, you say Yamim. But Avomachad Osar Ve'elech. But starting from eleven, so you say Shnei Yom, okay? Chalas Re'yom. Exactly. 
Yomar Yom Loshin Yachid. You don't say Achad Eser Yamim or Shneim Asar Yamim, but you switch back to Yom, 12 day. Loshon Yachid. You do it in a singular. singular. So that's one thing. Now, you know, in, 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 so that, that's the way we count it in the Sephira. You say, so you say, Shnei Yom Shloshi Yomim, but then you say, Achad Oser Yom, or Shnei Moser Yom, as the correct way. Now, we know that in English, now we do, we say the larger number first, you say 22, 23. But in a lot of other languages, they use 320, 3 and 20, or like in the other languages. So in Hebrew, it is the same way. The Toiv Loimar, it's best to say Minyan Hamuet Koida Minyan Hameruba, to say the lower number, the individual number, before the larger number. Kigoyen asks, for example, you don't say Esrim Ve'echod, but rather you say Echod Ve'esrim. Kigoyen as 1 and 20. Today is Hayom Echod Ve'esrim Yom. So you start with the singular numbers first, say today is 1 and 20. Versus veloy esrim ve'echad, not twenty-one. In modern Hebrew, you do say esrim ve'echad, right? Uh, You're talking about the Omer. The Omer, yeah. Oh, so he says. So he says this is the uh, beautiful way. However, he 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 he, 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 quali- he qualifies this by saying. He says He says in our countries. I think in Russian, actually, you say the number first, the single number first. Mm-hmm. And the, then the larger number. I'm assuming probably Polish, probably yeah, that number. English is from the Latin. The Latin yeah. would have it. Did you take Latin? No. Okay. Well, I did in medical school. Yeah, yeah. So from the Latin, wasn't it a big number first? A large number first. But he says over here that the Medina Seilu, that that was in those countries, Shederech, Lisper, which the nature is that they count Minyan Hamut. First they count the, the smaller number. Avu b'mekoymes, but in areas sheder'ch lisper min amru b'koydim. But if it's an area which they normally use the larger number first, yochel loymer gam b'svira kiminek mekoymes. He is able to say the counting as the custom in the place, so it's not really a problem. In Hebrew, like yeah. if you do July twenty second, yeah, they do the opposite. They put the month first. Oh, that's the, another. That's another they put thing. The date first they put the month. date and then the month. Those. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Too. That's a different thing. Yeah, that's a different. But they didn't explain in there why Yom and Yamim. Is there a reason for that? Um, I did, he didn't explain like over here, but day, he just says, Yom. yeah, he just said. Is there a reason? For Sachut. That? He just what he said is. I'm not sure. Tzachut means like the smooth, the nice way, Loshan Kodesh. That's the rules. I'm not sure exactly what the rules come. Why you wouldn't use yeah. the plural. But that's, that's even done until today, it would be that way, right? right How would you say? Today. No, but I'm talking about like it's in the modern Hebrew. Would it be that way too? Well, like you'd say, Shtemes Reyom or Shtemes Reyamim? Yamim, I think. That would be the way. Okay, I'm not sure. All right. So I'm not sure. Okay, now, pretty sure it's yummy. Now the question is Shavua. Now we say so. This is so we have already the Yom, the Yamim, the large number, the small number. Now we're going to go up to the second count the type, the weeks. What is is week feminine or masculine? He says Shavua is Loshon Zachar. That would be masculine. Uh, but Velachen Yomar then said. 
שהם שבוע, you don't say אחת, you say שבוע אחד, אחד, which is masculine, ולא אחת, you don't say שבוע אחת, but שבוע אחד. But, and the same thing is, ובשבוע השני, he should say, יאמר שני שבועות, היום שהם שני שבועות, you don't say below שתי, you don't say שתי, which would be the feminine way of saying it. ובשבוע השלישי, יאמר שלושה, because שלושה, which is the masculine way of saying it, שלושה שבועות, ולא שלוש, and not שלוש, which is the feminine, וכן בשאר השבועות, same thing other weeks. It's in the English language, there is no masculine. Right. It's a typical of the European languages. Yeah, but the Hebrew language has a distinction between that. So a week is a masculine way. But when you get more than one week, do you use the word shavuot or shavuot? Shavuot? Yeah, Shavuot you do use. You yeah. use plural. Yeah, just like the festival of Shavuot is right, the, seven weeks. Is the problem, the seven weeks, that's the festival. Yeah. So you don't go Shavuot, 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 no? No. No, so you do Shem Shnei Shavuot, Shalosh Shavuot. It's interesting because they, usually the hay, Shalosh is, a, is, is an exception to the rule because usually a hay will make it uh, feminine. In this case, Shalosh is the feminine way, and Shlosha is the masculine way. Okay, that's a, that's a little change in the in the language. Does Yiddish have that too, the masculine and the feminine? Uh, not really. No, no, no. It's just a standalone. No, it's not 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 um, Now, in in section uh, subsection ten, Sif Yudi says. One is permitted to count in any language that you understand. You don't have to count in, in Hebrew. But let's say you don't understand the language you're counting. You're saying words in a language that you don't understand. You're just counting, but you don't understand. Uh, even if you should count in the Hebrew tongue, you're counting in the Holy Tongue. In the, so you're counting in the Loshan Kodesh. But you don't know what you're counting. So let's say you don't know the interpretation of what a shnei means or shlosha, what it means. You don't know what the meaning of the word. You're just saying the words from the sitter. So, if you don't understand, then you're not fulfilling your obligation. You see, by the, like the rest of the davening, if you daven it in Hebrew, uh, even if you don't understand exactly, you can fulfill. Besides a few verses that you have to understand. But by and large, if you... If you say the words in the Hebrew, I mean, in any other language, you would have to understand what you're saying in order to fulfill your obligation. But in Hebrew, you must, un- you don't have to necessarily understand everything. But when it comes to counting, it doesn't make sense to count if you don't understand what you're saying over there. The kivon For if you don't know the number, then that's not counting at all. How? You, what are you counting? Counting means, by definition. By definition, when you count, that means that you understand that there is... So you can count in English if you don't understand Hebrew. That's right. You know that. But he says it's important to understand what you're counting because right. so that that is counting. If you don't understand, then it's not counting. You're just saying words. And over here, the mitzvah is to count. And count, you have to understand. May I ask a question? That Wednesday, last Wednesday, was, or Tuesday night to Wednesday, was, was when we brought the Okay, uh, do you mean by the uh, this year calendar? That the 16th of Nisan was on a Wednesday? Yes. So, would we start counting 
No, Wednesday is the day one. We learned. Okay, we start on the, the night before, on the day, the first day. So it's the day we bring it that we start. That's right. Yeah, and we went through that in the beginning of this. But after that, when we say this is the second day that we brought it to the bringing of the Omer. So the first day is actually the first day to the bring, even though that's the day that they brought it itself. He proved that in the very beginning of this, uh, this section. Okay, now, uh, in section uh, 11, Sifud uh, he says, After we finish the counting, it's traditional to say, may it be your will that the Beit HaMikdash, the sanctuary, be built. And the reason is, why are we saying that? Why are we asking for the Beit Hamikdash to be built? It's a nice prayer, but why are we saying it specifically after we count the Sefira? Is because because now we are only counting, like he says, the rule is like we have two opinions, but we accept it. The rule is the reason we count today is only to commemorate what they used to do in the Mikdash when there was a temple, but. Counting this, we're not doing any real mitzvah. It's only a remembrance to a mitzvah. In other words, we're not actually performing a mitzvah. We're not doing any mitzvah at all. I'm not sure why he says a mitzvah at all. Uh, not mitzvah at all, meaning not at all in the regular intention of this mitzvah. It's a mitzvah from the rabbis, that's why we make a bracha for it. But there is no real mitzvah. Why is there no mitzvah at all? Because because the mitzvah is to count to the omer. But we don't have an omer to count to. So what do we count? We're not counting to an omer. We don't even have an omer. So we're not really doing anything because there is no omer to count to. It's symbolic. It's only that the rabbis instituted to count, to commemorate what we did when the Beis HaMikdash was around, was there. That's why we pray before, when we counted, we pray. So let the Beis HaMikdash be built. That's why we're praying that. And then we would fulfill the mitzvah in its proper way, not as a remembrance, but to do the mitzvah. Because one that will be a Mesamikdash will bring the Omer again. And at that point, there's going to be a real mitzvah of counting Svirat Omer, yes? But Lagba Omer, does it have any significance in the Omer itself? No. That nothing. holiday? Nothing. Nothing to do with, but they call it, it Lagba Omer. Right, right. It's just an identifying time of the day. Lagba Omer, according to our schedule, is always the 18th day of year. So you could have technically said instead of calling it Lagba Omer, ER. you could have said it year eighteen. It's always it's always at the same day. In the holidays, because the Akiva. Again, I have to say to you again, there must be. We're going to study about that in the next uh, in the next next section. But I just want to tell to you when I say to you, it has nothing to do. I mean on the Omer outer says. on the outer level, of course. Right. Mystically, the there is from the left Egypt. Nothing. Yeah, that's right. That's nothing to do. Right. This came afterwards. Right. This came much. It came after the Turkey Many, many generations it later. Many like years the, later. The commemoration to Rabbi Kiva or something. Right. So and his students. Yes. Students As we're going to learn. Oh, yes. right. They stopped. Yeah, they stopped dying. Right. Okay. So now he says yeah. we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he brings the parentheses over here. If you look in our tradition, we say a few more passages after counting the Omer. So, minimally, it's counting the Omer, making the bracha counting the Omer. 
Afterwards, we have this prayer of Harachamon to build the Beis Hamikdash. He explained why. The parentheses he asks, Nohagim. There are those that are custom. He uses the words Metam Hayaduolahem for reasons known to them. That usually signifies that this is a kabbalistic. Higher, it's a kabbalistic, a mystical interpretation. So, for reasons known to them, that they also Loimar Achakach. That after they count the Omer. They say, first of all, they say the Mizmor, that's the uh, song, and, you know, that's the, um, from the Tehillim, in chapter 67, which begins with the words, Elokim Yechoneinu V'yivorcheinu, and um, also, Ono Bechoach, uh, that prayer, and also, there's the Ribona Shalolom uh, that we do. So those are all prayers which are incorporated in the sitter. Matter of fact, in addition to just saying those words, there's a special letter and there's a special word and a special sphera that we count for each day. So when you look at the sitter, you'll see that every day changes a little bit uh, what the emphasis is. Like one letter is highlighted or one word is highlighted or uh, and then we, we mention one, one particular sefira, uh, which is all in the Siddur. Yeah. You're saying chesed, each day of that first week has a different dimension of chesed. Yeah. What is the theme for the second week that we're in? Gevura. Oh, strength. And that is gevura. And then all the different the details in the level of gevura. Yes. Uh, in the section 12, if you look at the Siddur, you'll see for every day, they have uh, they they point out what's the letter of that day, what's the word of that day, and what's the sphere of that day. When you look in the sphere, it's over in the sitter. Uh, now here we come to a issue, which involves it gets a little complicated over here, but let's I think we can handle it and uh, let's see if we can do this. Uh, see if um, you know we we're going to be discussing now the issue of when is the right time to do Ma'ariv, and when is the right time to do Sefirat Omer. Of course, we're counting the day. So the issue of the year before us that we're going to tackle here is, when does the night begin? From what point can I start counting the Sefirat Omer? Because I'm doing the next day. The next you know, day. We're, doing, we're counting at nighttime. Because we learned day. earlier, we want to do it at the first section of the night. Now the question is, what is the first section of the night? When does that begin? Okay, uh, now there is one thing is that people daven sometimes, and they brought down all the time in the Shulchan Aruch, they daven earlier. They don't daven, they don't wait for the stars to come out. They pray earlier. And that's from the time of Plaga Mencha or from the Shkia. There's various different, we'll see soon. But uh, the discussion here is, is, is counting of the Sphira. So he says like this. Yesh Omrim. There are those that say, this is because we're going to see there's going to be a, a disagreement. There's those that say, Shemuter Levorech, that you're allowed to make a blessing, Velisper and to count. Now he's saying both, to make the blessing and to count. Because sometimes one can say he's going to count, but he's not going to make a blessing. When we say a blessing, that means that you are actually sure that that is okay. So th- this opinion says you can bless and count Bevein Hashemoshes. Bevein Hashemoshes is commonly translated in the twilight. Bevein Hashemoshes. Uh, From Shemesh, sun. Yeah, in between the Shemoshes, between them. So it's, it is twilight. Uh, normally, normally it's translated from the time of the area. We'll see there's various translations that also, but 
from the time that the sun physically sets, which means that the sun sets, I mean, the calendar will have that tell you what time the sun actually sets, but there is still some effect of the of the light, and you still cannot see the stars. The stars are only visible about a half an hour, something like that, later. So in between the time that the sun sets and the time that the stars are visible, that is called the twilight, according to what we're discussing. I mean, there's other, other opinions about that also exactly, when exactly Shkia is. But, so now, what is that, what is that period of time that is in between uh, sunset and the stars come out. Yes, what you're saying? No, but like if it says your day of Omer, why, like if it's Tuesday, why can't you count any time from Tuesday night all the way into Wednesday before it turns dark? So you got a lot You could, you could. But the question is, the person is Davin, but the shul, like, you know, the Davin Mencha, maybe they want to Davin Marv right away. And they want to count the Omer because they're not going to get together, especially in the olden days. They didn't have any light. They didn't have the one to get home. So I do it in the morning. No, but you have to start at nighttime. And morning is only after the fact. But you should oh. do it at nighttime. Well, why? Because morning's day. Because you want, to, you want to encompass as much of the day as you can. We learned before. You want to have a full day. So the day starts start with the night. Early. Okay. So we have to start with the night but as well. Theoretically. But the question is, can we start the Bein HaShemoshot in the um, Twilight? So, even though that period is considered to be questionable, whether it is nighttime already, which means if it's nighttime, it would be the next day. But it's not sure. It may also be Sofik over. Maybe it's the last day. Maybe it's still. So, let's say if we're starting to count on uh, Wednesday, let's say. So, twilight preceding Wednesday, we're not sure what the time is. Is it Wednesday already? Or is it, or is it Tuesday? Yeah. So the question is, what do we do? So Vim came, now if in that case, since we know that it's a, a question what it is, how could you say today is two days, so in this case, we'll, we'll use the example for this year, we'll use Thursday as the day. So how is he going to say in the twilight of uh, before that proceeds Thursday, how is he going to say two days? Maybe it's still the first day because we're not sure what it is. Maybe the first day. So how is he going to say today is two days when it's not yet two days? So he says like this. Nevertheless, this is this view. Since the counting nowadays is based on the words of the scribes, meaning it's from rabbinic origin. Today we don't have to really count from the Torah. It's only the scribes. So when you have a question about the words of the rabbi, we take the lenient opinion. So we don't have to take the stringent view. So in this case, if you're not sure, it's not in this case, there's no disagreement. It's a question of time. If I'm not sure what the time is, I can assume to be lenient that I should be able to count. You know, you can't tell me to stop me because I can take, it's only from rabbinic origin, I can take the lineage and I can assume that it's nighttime already. That would so be okay. They're going with the premise that it's starting to get dark, so the new day is starting. And right. because when we talk about the rabbis, something different look. However, but there's those that disagree. They say, that one should not, to begin with, 
get himself into a questionable situation, even if it's medivary suffering, even if it's only from the rabbis. Why go into a questionable area? I know the basis of it is the Torah, is the rabbis, but we shouldn't just go into a questionable area. We should wait to the time that we know definitely is the right time. Why, why do something when you're not sure? What does the term sofek Sofer means those who count. The rabbi, right. I don't know what, because they counted every letter of the Torah, so and they came out with the, with the codes. That's how they come with the codes. No, they counted every letter of the Torah. They called them Sofrim. That means basically uh, the rabbis. That oh, means. I thought there was a scribe. at the end. Sofer, Sofer. It's like a, like a scribe. Sofrim. But in this case, Sofrim means they count. They count each of the letters. Okay, now, so he says, uh, and therefore their view is, we should not count until the stars come out. That is definitely nighttime, and that's when you should count. And that's why during Sefirah we have an extra problem. Because while Mariv is okay to do earlier, but, but the, uh, the Sefirah, they say no. And he says, This is the way. The people that are meticulous, the people that are careful, wait till nighttime for counting. And that is also fitting for every person to do. Why don't you just move Mariv later? That's what I was just or, thinking. Why yeah. do you finish Mariv at the very end? Well, no, we do it, but it's still yeah, not going to be the enough. The stars time. aren't out. But why don't you still just. Not. But it'll be closer sphere, too. Maybe for the sphere, I just move Mariv yeah, later. That's a very good yeah, idea, but the. But one of the problems is, and one of the conveniences, because you finish Davin and Mencha, a lot of times the people don't want to wait around so long. You know, you start right. giving to a long shear, then they won't come up the next day altogether. Right. You know, right. I mean, so talk, but it keeps uh, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody is busy right then. They, you know, they'll shmuz, but when it comes to waiting around, they're not so anxious. They, uh, they have to, they have to go. They have to leave something in emergency. But in any event, he says, notwithstanding all the above, Mikolmakoim, nevertheless. Well, now he's, he's, he's suggesting to you, say if you're particular, that's the right way to do, but nevertheless, the minhek hamon, the custom of the uh, general public is, Achshav, nowadays they do kisvara rishayna. They follow the first lenient opinion, lisper benashmoshes. They are counting during the twilight. They don't, they don't wait till it's certainly night. That's what the people end up doing. So now, I mean, after Marv, yeah, but they do they do during twilight, and that's it. So as the sun sets, they do it. So now the question becomes: You're davening in a shul, and you know that that's not right. You don't want to do it that way. Now you're in a predicament because here the shul is doing the counting of the sphera early, and what, you have a big worry because if you're not going to do it with them, maybe you're going to forget later on. You're going to go, you're going to finish, you know, you do it after Marev. Now, either do it, wait a minute, what do we do now? Do it with them, do it separately. Now, he's like this. Can you do it twice? Yeah. No, well, the blessing you can't make it. Well, I mean, you can say, now, once you count it, you can't make it. So, one second. So, let's go through. One who wants to be careful to count once the stars are out. But whom is Paul Arvis but he's dominating Mariv while it's still daytime. Im Tsibram is Palim Arvis, together with a minion, with a group that is dominating Mariv. Im Samuch Lachashecha, 
Uh, they're dominating while it's close to dark, but it's not dark yet. It's not the same dream. And they count during the twilight. They count during they count. What does he do? So he says like this. Toiv, it's good, it's better. So count with them without a blessing. And then what? And then you should keep in mind, this is what you're supposed to think. If I will forget to count at nighttime once I come home or after twilight, I'm going to forget it. Then I'm relying on this counting. That I fulfilled my obligation. So he ended up counting. He didn't make a bracha, but he counted. You counted without a bracha, you counted. So he's saying, in case I forget, this is my counting. However, the second part of his thought is but if I don't forget at night time to count so then I have in mind now that I will not fulfill my obligation uh, with this counting he's making his counting conditional that it's only going to be valid my counting now is only counting if I forget to count later on but if I don't forget to count later on, oh, he says that, to himself, then this one I'm not counting. I have no intention of fulfilling that obligation. It's a conditional counting. Sha'af. Oh. Now. How can you do that? You, oh. You can count. you have in mind, can I count? How can you count and then say, I didn't count? Yeah. Okay. In other words, just saying the words. Trying to appease Just yeah, right. Just saying words and you know. Like, not having in my heart what I'm saying, could I invalidate? Uh, like, I give you my word, you know, and I'm making it in my heart. No, no. I'm giving it to you, you know, and I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really. Can you do that? Now, so we say like this. So here, we have to discuss for a minute, generally, does a mitzvah, when we do a mitzvah, does that mitzvah require intent? Or just the act itself is the uh, enough. So say, for example, you're eating matzah on Pesach, right? Do you have to eat matzah with the intention of fulfilling your mitzvah and obligation? What happened? I just went into the, uh, to the restaurant. I had some matzah over there, but I had no intention at all of fulfilling my obligation. Did I feel? So he says like this. Even according to the opinion, there is an opinion, that's also a, a, a question of disagreement. But even those opinions that hold that you don't have to have, you don't require intent to fulfill the mitzvah. So it turns out, when a person is counting and saying, today is two days for the Omer, right? And, I'm, and I didn't have in mind to do a mitzvah. I just said two days to the Omer, right? I just said, but without having intent to fill a mitzvah. According to that view, it would seem that the person fulfilled the mitzvah regardless. If you counted, you fulfilled the mitzvah. If mitzvahs don't need kavana, don't require intent. But if you say a bracha, does that make it... No, but a bracha you can't say, 
because a bracha you're making for sure that you're doing the mitzvah. Right. But if you're not sure, we didn't make a bracha right. in this so case. It only applies to no bracha. He didn't say bracha, but just no, or not, not the, yeah, or not even, or not the bracha part of the mitzvah. Like in this right. case, he's not going to make a bracha. So bracha he's going to count. No, he is counting now. So he's saying there, there's a difference of not having intent or having intent not to fulfill. If you have intention, I do not want to fulfill my obligation. Uh, you are definitely not forced against your will to fulfill the mitzvah. If you, if you say, and I'm saying, I am not fulfilling the mitzvah. Even if you don't need intent to fulfill the mitzvah, but an intent not to fulfill the mitzvah, you cannot be forced to fulfill the mitzvah. We're not going to say, when you counted, you did it anyways. If you're going to eat the matzah and you're going to say, I don't want to fulfill my obligation, it's one thing if you don't have, you don't need intent to fulfill the mitzvah. But an intention not to fulfill the mitzvah, then you cannot be able to... So why do it if you have no intention? And therefore, he says to you, you know, and therefore, in this case that we talked about, when he remembers at nighttime, he should count with a bracha. This person made a conditional. So he's saying, on one hand, he's saying like this, but he's saying he's counting, he's placing it conditional. Again, we have the scenario, the shul, the people are not careful over there, they're not, they're not particular about it. They're making the bracha, they're counting their sphere in the shul. He's davening with them, he has worries that he might forget to count the sphere later on. So he gives them the advice of here to do what? He says, you know what? Don't make a bracha now. You can't make a bracha because you're not for sure fulfilling the obligation. And have in mind like this, have in mind, I am not fulfilling my obligation with this counting if I'll remember later on. So when he remembers later on, if he, he if, yeah, conditional. Now, if he didn't, if, if he did remember later on, that means that the previous counting that he counted, and then he should count then. And he's saying, I'm counting now, but my counting, I don't want to fulfill my obligation with this counting over here, if I'm going to remember later on. So in that case, one second, in that case, when he comes later on, and he remembers, if I, if I remember later on, I don't want to fulfill my obligation. So when it comes later on and he remembers, he did not fulfill his obligation. So he can go ahead, make a bracha, count now, because now he's counting in the right time. But on the other hand, because he made it conditional, he said also, but if I will remember, if I won't remember, then my counting of here should be a good counting. So he ended up counting. He didn't make a bracha. Right. Oh, he didn't make a bracha, but his counting still counts, still counts because then he can go and count. Rabbi, you gave the scenario that if you go into a restaurant nonchalantly and have the matzah, right? you still have to say the bracha over eating the matzah. No, he's had much lach menorahs. He may not have made the bracha. He's not fulfilling his obligation. So, no. You don't make a special bracha for matzah. You just make a much lach menorahs. Yeah. He didn't make a chilas matzah. I, my, my scenario is he wasn't going to make a bracha. He doesn't make the special bracha for the matzah. So that's why I didn't think it was an equal... No, uh, well, it should be the same thing. He just says a motzi lach menorahs for like eating bread. 
but he has no intention of fulfilling the obligation of the mitzvah of matzah. Of that, that, that. He does not make the bracha he doesn't make for the mitzvah of matzah. He's just making for eating food. Not to be rude, but it's kind of wishy-washy because if you don't forget, then that thing's not good. But if you forget, then that thing's good. So I mean, it's like, a conditional. It's kind of now. Yeah. Like, like, so of, can, uh, can I? Can I tell you? Can I? I mean, we find it. If I say to you here, I will. Uh, if you wash my car, I'm going to give you the twenty dollars. Now it's up to you. Uh, you know, if you're going to wash it, you're going to get it. Now. So we may a person can make a condition on what he's doing. A person can make a condition on his thoughts. Let's see further. We're, we're not done with it. What happens? If the person doesn't have in mind, now we're going to discuss the others, the other part of it. What happens? You didn't have in mind not to fulfill your obligation. He did not have in mind specifically uh, in his mind that I am not fulfilling my obligation with discounting. If I remember at night time that I didn't, to count later on, I am not. He didn't think that. But what did he think? He just counted. He counted without having anything in mind. He's not too sophisticated. The rabbi said that if you're going to dab with a minion, you want to be careful, you should count at home. Just count this sefira now without a bracha. And they come. That's what he did. And he didn't know. The rabbi didn't tell him or he forgot that he has to have a condition in his mind that I'm not going to forget that it's, oh, if I'm not going to forget, he just counted. The rabbi says count. So he counted. (coughs) So he says, even though he hadn't made the blessing now, because the rabbi said don't make a blessing. So he didn't make a blessing. And he also didn't answer. The chazan said the brach out loud. And usually the chazan has a mind to fulfill anybody who forgot or something to that. He didn't answer Ramein. So that means that he had not made a bracha. So you can maybe say in your mind, say, well, this person didn't make a bracha. That means that he didn't want to fulfill his obligation. But, but he did not specifically think not to fulfill his obligation. All these things that he did not make a bracha and that he didn't answer Ramein, still would not change the fact you still cannot make a bracha when you count at night time. When you do remember at night time that uh, to count the sefirah, because you already counted the sefirah before and you did not have in mind at that time not to fulfill your obligation, you fulfilled the obligation according to some opinions. And therefore, Why? Because the reason we're not going to allow you is because Shema Hoyo Kvar Lailo. Because maybe twilight was already night. We're not. We don't know what twilight is. We don't know. Maybe it was night. When you count to Benash Moshes. So if it is night on, on that side of the question of the equation of night, then you fulfilled your obligation by counting. How I didn't have kavana, but. But according to those that say that mitzvahs don't require intent to fulfill, you fulfilled your obligation already because just by the, on the right time doing the mitzvah without having in mind 
to fulfill it, according to some, you fulfilled your obligation, as long as you didn't think, I'm not fulfilling my obligation, without thinking that I am fulfilling my obligation, just counting, you fulfilled your obligation. Then why count at night? I mean, why even count at night? If you do it and I say, and I forget to do my, I'm not doing kavana for that right. thing, then, and but it counts now, why even try to do it at night? Okay, because daytime, well, nighttime we try to do it because there is a side, maybe it wasn't nighttime. Uh, so he wants to be particular, So, but he's just telling him, you can't make a bracha. You can only make the bracha at nighttime if you had in mind not to, not to fulfill the obligation, but if you just st- stood by there and you didn't uh, have anything in Kavana. Now, this seems to go according to the opinion. So there's two things. First of all, A, maybe it is really nighttime. And B, maybe the ruling is like the view that says that mitzvahs don't require to kavana in order for your obligation. So technically you did a full counting at that time. But he says even further, even according to the opinion that whole mitzvahs do need kavana. So he's going even further telling for the reason. Even according to the ones that say mitzvahs do require kavana. Which means that when you just counted the sphera without having in mind to fulfill your obligation, that would not be good enough. But still, in this case, since it's only from rabbinic origin, the counting from nowadays is only from rabbinic origin. So even if we normally hold that mitzvahs need kavana, but rabbinic mitzvahs don't need, there's opinion that says that rabbinic mitzvahs don't need kavana. Some say that even when do we have a debate whether you need kavana, that you need the intent to fulfill, it's only by Torah commandments. But rabbinic commandments, you don't need kavana. You say a a blessing and then you, I remember you said, everyone listen to the blessing and have kavana. That was from the rabbis. Remember, it's good, yeah. Well, um, that's you're 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 talking about an, another thing. You're talking about the actual fulfilling the obligation of the blessing. We have to make a distinction between the blessing and the actual performance of the mitzvah. There's two parts. The mitzvah is the counting in our case. The blessing is to make a blessing for the mitzvah of counting. So there's the counting is the mitzvah. The blessing is for the mitzvah of the counting. The megillah is the reading of the megillah. That's the mitzvah. The blessings is the blessing for the mitzvah of the Megillah. When you make a blessing, everybody technically needs to make the blessing because we're all doing the mitzvah, not only the one who's reading from the Megillah, but you're listening, anybody who's listening to the Megillah. So technically, each one needs to make a blessing for the performance of the mitzvah because they're doing a mitzvah of listening to the Megillah. They should make the real bracha. But instead of having each person make their own bracha, the one who reads the Megillah makes out loud the bracha by everybody saying Amen and having in mind they fulfill their obligation. So that's the way to fulfill the mitzvah with the bracha. Now, if somebody didn't have in mind right. to fulfill their obligation, I'll read the perhaps, later. yeah, well, or if you read the Megillah, then he doesn't have to have in mind. So if in, in after the fact, you know, Midrabanan, he probably fulfilled the obligation, he won't have to make a bracha again. But the best way is to fulfill, the obliga- fulfill his obligation. But in our case, we're talking about the situation over here is 
the person is in shul and he counted the sphere with the community. He didn't have anything in mind. Now he comes home, he wants to know practically, Rabbi, tell me, am I supposed to make a bracha or not at, when I come home? And the Altarebbe is explained to you, no, the answer is you don't make a bracha later on. Because A, maybe it's nighttime already when you count it, and even though you didn't have in mind to fulfill your obligation, but you didn't have in mind not to fulfill your obligation, you automatically fulfill your obligation. And the Altarebbe goes further. Even if we go according to the opinion that says that mitzvahs do not require intent to fulfill, uh, that do require intent, but there is some that say that when we were talking about rabbinic mitzvahs, we don't need intent. So you fulfilled your obligation. Too bad. So when you're going to come home, you're not going to make a bracha because you're not sure. That you, a bracha you can only make when you're absolutely sure that you need, that you're doing the mitzvah now. Otherwise you're mentioning God's name in vain. You're saying a bracha. If you fulfilled, you can't do that. Okay, let's just finish up over here. Now, he goes further. He says, he goes further, he says, this is we're talking about that you counted. What happens, you're just sitting in shul. Now these are real life scenarios, which means you don't want to count early, you want to count at home. So what happens is you're sitting in shul, and you're saying, no, you're sitting with your arms folded, everybody is counting, you say, no, I'm not counting, you know, I'm more religious than you guys, I'm going to count home <laughs> later on, right? He says, I'm going to count when the stars come out, he says. So what happens is like this. You didn't count with the people. But the people around you are all counting. They say, We're, it's good enough for us. You hear, but the people count. You hear them counting over there, right? That person never had in mind. He's counting his own sphere. You're just hearing somebody else count sphere. Uh, he's not intending to fulfill your obligation. And you didn't intend by hearing to fulfill the counting. You're sitting in the shul, just innocently, somebody's counting the sphere, and you're just sitting there listening to the sphere. So when you're going to count at nighttime, don't make a bracha again. Why? Because because when you're listening, you are like saying it. When you listen, when you hear something, it's treated like you're saying it. So when you heard somebody say, today is two days for the Omer, it's as if you said today is two, uh, two days to the Omer. What if you're talking? Huh? You're talking to your neighbor and you don't, you don't hear it. You know what I mean? What like is that? Some, oh, what are you talking? Show. Okay, then you're not hearing him saying. You know, sometimes... I'm sure like, you shouldn't be talking anyways. <laughs> but like, I'll, I'll say something to Marty and, you know, we'll miss part of the company. No. no, that never happens. No. V'afilu no. <laughs> Let me just finish up over here. It says, Even if he thinks, I... Here we're saying he's just standing there. Somebody's counting Sphira. Okay, you're saying, doesn't matter. You fulfilled your obligation because you heard it, it's like you said it. Now, wait a minute. And that's why, very important, when somebody asks you, what sphere is it today? Even if you count, if somebody asks you, what sphere is today? You can't tell them the sphere out. You can't say, today's two days. Why? Because here, you said it already. can't make the bracha. You always tell them, yesterday was one day, you tell them. You don't tell them yesterday was it. You don't tell them today. Because you tell them today, hearing it, he say he won't be able to make a bracha anymore. So he says, 
But he says further. Here the person is standing in shul and somebody's counting spirit. What happens like this? You're saying, you're counting. I am not fulfilling my obligation with this counting. Is that going to help you to make a bracha later on? Everybody's counting Svira. You say, no, I'm not counting Svira. Well, they're saying Svira, but you're saying, I don't care what they're saying. I am not intending, I don't intend to fulfill my obligation with this Svira that they're counting. You still, you still, you know, you don't need Kavana, you fulfill your obligation. You have to think, I am not, it's not enough to think that I don't want to fulfill my obligation. In other words, I'm not, I'm not intending positively to fulfill my obligation, but you have to say, I am not fulfilling, I reject this counting as my counting. I don't want to, you have to, it's not enough to say that it's, I'm not the positive fulfilling my obligation, but you have to say an act, I am not fulfilling my obligation with this counting. This is a very fine line over you here. You say it too. You don't say it, you have to think in your head. So he says like this, Even if you think, I'm not intending to fill my obligation with this counting. Instead of just innocently standing there and just listening, you're saying to yourself, no, I'm not intending to fulfill. That would not help, according to who say mitzvah don't need intention, doesn't help. And since we don't know what the ruling is, and perhaps that's the ruling, and especially by the Rabbonon, like Sphere Somer, so it wouldn't help you. So you you can't make a bracha still because maybe you did fulfill your 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 commandment. You have to think ani miskaven. I'm intending. There's you have a positive thought. Shaloi lotzus, but I don't want to fulfill my obligation with that counting. That's the only thing that would help you. So when everybody in shul is counting, you're saying to myself. I am not, I don't want to fulfill my obligation with this counting. And that's the only way to reject it. step outside. Oh, you can step outside too. Because then you don't hear anything. No. So if you don't hear anything, then you have to count at night with a blessing. That's right, there's no question. But but in in this case, the person is more confident. See, the first scenario we had, the guy is afraid he might forget or not. So therefore he, um, um, therefore he said it. And he makes a condition. But this guy is uh, confident in himself. He knows he's not going to forget. So he's just not counting. So we're saying that this guy who's not counting better think at that time. Because if you're going to stay in shul and everybody's going to say it, you have to think in your mind, I am not intending, I don't want to fulfill my obligation with this that I'm going to hear now. And then you can go home and count with a bracha. You said when someone asks you, you have to say the day before. Right. What if it's the first day? What? <laughs> the first day. What Yesterday was zero. zero. Oh, day zero. Oh, we're going to start counting. Okay, now, let's see like this. What happens before twilight? People have admired even before that. Because this is all the counting in the Ben Hashemoshes during the twilight. But before Ben Hashemoshes, ain't mean a cloud lisper. There is no custom at all to count. Even if it's Friday night, Erev Shabbos, which you have in a lot of shuls, they dive it early. That's what I'm They complete the davening. Before with the minion, the base of in the shul, before twilight. 
the minion does not count at all in the shul. Each person counts at home when the time but reaches. But how come you can do Shabbos before? Oh, that's a very good question. That's what I was thinking. All of this you've been talking about. Why not? Okay. I say to myself, but Shabbos you've been talking before it gets dark. Yeah. Okay. Not, not always. No, well, no. Well, the answer to that is, we have one more section to finish it. The answer to your question is, the answer to your question is that Shabbos, what you're doing is you're grabbing part of the Friday and turning it into Shabbos. So all what you're doing, you're saying, I'm accepting Shabbos early on myself. But counting has to be done at night time. You can't count the day, which is not the right day. All what we're saying is when you're accepting Shabbos early, you're saying, you know, I know today is Friday but I'm taking a chunk of the Friday and I want to make it holy. The Torah allows you so for... you can't really longer than it is. That's right. But over here, you can't make the physical day of counting Sphere any longer. Do you count at the shul on Marif? Yes. Because it starts... We, so far, this year, we have, an, uh, we, have that, we have a very real issue over here. Right now, while we have the students of the yeshiva here, we don't have a problem having a minion later on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we have Mincha Marif together, and if the people don't want to wait, uh, we have to make a choice between uh, not counting at all. This is what we, most years what we did is we sort of send out a text message or we send a reminder everybody should count at home because we're pretty careful to, oh, dab and, to do it, the... It's too early, but, but if the Why twilight hit, you will do it. No, it's still, well, most years we wait till dark. And if we're if the people are leaving, we send so out a text or reminder. So people go home and say it at home before Kiddush or something. Yeah, you know, at any point, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And you make the bracha and you count, you know, provided you but can make the bracha. Opinion, I gotta go. I gotta go pick up my son. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Let's just. I want to finish. Yeah. The saying is, if it's twilight, it's all right to say. It. Yeah. 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 But here you don't do it that way. No. because the Alter Rebbe seems to be saying that you should be stringent. And he allows for that, but he says the minion, the people, the people Al-Tarebbe people, ad, didn't advocate for that. They're not doing it. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I just follow the rabbi because it's simple to me. Yeah. Okay, so let's do. A good shop is Smitch. Right. <laughs> okay. Now, I got I to run. Yeah, around. okay, we'll see. Thank let's you. just finish up. Okay, you know what this is? Two Jews, three opinions. You know. well, there's like six opinions here, but anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Now, what happens? Vim tov b'yem hama'unon. What happens? There was a mistake. It was a cloudy day. Again, there was no clocks. There was no time. So people, the way they would tell when it's twilight, sunset, they knew it was... Uh, but it was a cloudy day. And they mistook it. They thought it was already sunset. They ended up counting and they made a blessing and they counted, thinking that it's already sunset. Right. The clouds then later on scattered. And the now they find out it was before twilight. It was before Ben Hashemoshes. So they must count again because they didn't fulfill their obligation. But get to this. But still you should not make a second bracha. Still no bracha. Why? But it was before. It says like this. And he's going to, if when they counted, was from the time of Plag HaMincha, the split Mincha time and on. That is a quarter and one hour and a quarter, a, a seasonal hour and a quarter before nighttime, before it says a 
That's called plag hamincha. That is when mincha is split in the middle, which means mincha is two and a half hours. The uh, korban mincha in the time of the temple, the afternoon, was brought two and a half hours before the nighttime. That is the mincha. That three star nighttime. Yeah, but the plag hamincha means cut that part in half. It's happening all the time. Because there is an opinion of what? No, no, seasonal hours. She's not. Well, they they used some they used some, some something some. because there were no clocks. Yeah. Okay. So he said like this. So he says, why don't you make a bracha? So he says like this, because starting from that point, which is called plaga mincha, the custom of the world of the people is likrois kriyas shema that they will read the evening shema. Now the evening shema also has to be done at night time. Unlike we talked about making Shabbos earlier that I mentioned to you, but the night Shema, the Torah says you do it at nighttime. do it at nighttime. So the people are accustomed to read the Shema of the evening, Miplaga Mincha from Plaga Mincha, from that split Mincha, meaning an hour and a quarter, Lifi. And the reason why they do it is because there is a unique opinion, there is one opinion. They rely on the one who says that just like from Plaga Mincha, from that point of Plaga Mincha and on, just like according to Rabbi Yehuda, with regards to davening Mairif, it's considered nighttime. So he allows you to daven Mairif, uh, starting with Plaga Mincha. So they say, if you can daven Mairiv, now Mairiv is only from rabbinic origin, but reading the Shema is from Torah origin. But the people that also do the Shema, starting from Plaga Mincha, their argument is, he's just telling you what their argument is. Their argument is that just like according to Rabbi Yehuda, he considers starting Plaga Mincha, that's the hour and a quarter before nighttime, as the time that you can start davening Mairiv, so that's the same time, so it's also considered nighttime for the reading of Shema of the evening. So basically, according to Rabbi Yehuda, those people argue, the nighttime starts an hour and a quarter before the nighttime. We know the nighttime starts by Tzai but they say no, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the nighttime starts an hour and a quarter before, it's a seasonal hour and a quarter before the stars come out. That's when the nighttime starts. So since we rely on that, Vim Kain, Hu Adin Shu Kilailo so they say that the same thing is true that it would be considered like nighttime with regards to the counting of the Omer according to the Yehuda because they equate this all as the same so therefore as far as a bracha uh, as far as a bracha you can't make a bracha because since people are due some people rely on Rabbi Huda's opinion who loves Davin Marev. They apply it to the Shema. So they would apply it also to the, to the Mincha. So it seems like there is one opinion, Rabbi Yehuda, that you did fulfill your obligation. Even though it was still daylight. Even though it was still daylight, it was from Plaga Mincha. As long as it was Plaga Mincha. Before Plaga Mincha, nothing to talk about. But how come, okay, so you say you do Mincha an hour 
before. That's when it finishes the mincha time, and now it's night time according to the Yudah. That's what they argue. That's the argument. So how come in the winter you can do mincha at at twelve thirty one o'clock? Oh, we're talking about the last time. We're starting. With, it starts. It starts from from after half an hour after midday, oh, and oh. it extends till oh okay till then. Oh okay. So he says now. Even though we're saying that a blessing you're not going to make. So why are we going to like, if you counted, starting from Plaga Mincha, it was daytime still, it was before, starting from Plaga Mincha, yeah. we're not going to make a bracha because at least there is some opinion that says that that's considered the nighttime, so we're not going to have you make another bracha. But nevertheless, you must count again. So, but you fulfilled, you fulfilled an obligation because you said it. You may have fulfilled, okay, know, fulfilled not it. enough, to, so you can't go say a bracha. But you are going to have to require if you counted from those people that thought it was twilight and it wasn't because the clouds dispersed and now they find out they can't not say another bracha but they are required to go ahead and count again when the time reaches why? because the main ruling is like those that says they the other people argue that even Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you can daven Ma'ariv from Plaga Mincha, it's not really a, uh, a plaga, it's not really nighttime. Elul Inyat Tefillah Bilavad. He only said it as far as prayer. He allows you to start davening Ma'ariv. He's saying about the Oma, but n- n- not about the Shema. So therefore, you can't do it as far as the Shema. Avaloy Inyat Shar Dvarim, but not. For all the other matters, that you got to do it at nighttime. Commission is by as explained in So there are actually disagreements in what Rabbi Huda said. We know what Rabbi Huda said. He says you can start davening Ma'ariv from Plaga Mincha, which is that our recorder. Plaga Mincha is not that Ma'ariv. But there is a disagreement. Did Rabbi Huda only say this as far as Ma'ariv goes? Or does it apply to the Shema too? Isn't that part of Marav? Yeah, not necessarily. No, you could no, you could it. read no, not skip it. No, but, but you read it again. So when you come read home, it, then read it again. Then read it again when you come home. Actually, some people say, and when you read the Mishnah Rashi, for example, right in the Mishnah Brachot, the first tractate, Rashi says the reason we have this nighttime Shema that we read by the bedtime is because we didn't read the Shema the right time when we did it in the shul, because it was still daytime then. Because it was night. That's the, the, that's the, the reason, logic. that's the logic behind the nighttime Shema. According to them, of course, there's various other reasons. But the point here is, so, again, I'm not sure exactly what the other shuls do, because my, you know, during, if they start dominating at 7 o'clock now, uh, I'm not sure by the time they finish, is it yet, is it yet, is it yet, Shkia? If it's not sunset yet, so then they can't count the sphere at all. Uh, they don't count sphere at all. Then they have to count the sphere. But we, even though the Alter Rebbe says that some people daven mar from plaga mincha, I mean that's a very lenient opinion. But they, what the people right, do so today, today, they do it from shkia. What time is today's shkia? Today's sunset is seven thirty-six. No, but you can say by the time they finish, they start davening at seven. By the time they do Kabbalah Shabbat, yeah. they can do it. But I'm not sure uh, the day gets still longer. I mean, Every day gets up a minute or two. A a minute or two. So I'm not sure by the time you finish Sefirat Omer. Yeah. But some people actually, because you brought it brought up earlier before, even in the shuls that people daven 
normally Marav early, starting from the Shkia in Ben Hashemashot, but still, when it comes to Sefirat Omer, they'll see to it that Sefirat Omer is said in the proper time to, to do that, try to have Dominion a little later. Oh, to they do it more than the very, very end. At the very end, yeah, so that they can... Now, the problem is, you can't do Mincha after Shkia, because that's sunset, you want to do it before sunset. See, that'll be... Yeah, and then you're going to have a... Then you're going to have a conflict, like according to Rabbi Yehuda. Yeah. Yeah. So Rabbi Yehuda says that from an hour and a quarter you start doing before. Now you start doing. Oh, Mar. oh yeah, yeah. So according to him, you can't have a mincha. So you have, you can't have a mincha and maruf. You know, uh, at Plaga Mincha, because saying, well, say it's still daytime according to the other opinions, and it's nighttime so according to Rabbi Yehuda, so and that would be a contradiction. 30. So 6.30, so he's talking 10 minutes past 6, which would be way too early because you'd be done at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I, so I'm, I'm not sure exactly how when they do he, it. At what period of time did he live, Rabbi Yehuda? Uh, no, he goes back, he's in the early Tanaik. Uh, Is this the Mishnah? Mishnah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which Rabbi Yehuda it is. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which review that is, but it's different. It's different from the from the Mishnah and Talmud, which is discussed. There's there's a whole in the Talmud in Shabbat because it also applies to Shabbat. Like for example, another practical halacha is all in the Shulchan Aruch, like with lighting the candles. How early? How early? You have to can only accept Shabbat from Plaga Mincha from that point on, because that is a little bit an hour and a quarter. But you can't accept it from before Plaga Mincha. You can't go back. That's too early. You know, it has to be within within that Plaga Mincha frame. Because even though we don't rule like so a Yehuda, but you can, early, yeah, yeah, but you can include that hour. But you can't light it's on Thursday. You can't light Thursday the Shabbos yeah, yeah. candles. You know, you have but to. But we can do have Mabdil Ben Kodesh Lachol like through Monday. That's something separate. That's just but no. But the Shabbos ends. But the Havdalah, you do it yeah. for three days. Till Tuesday, but that's a separate. That's a well. The same thing would be the issue would be when Shabbos is over, when Yom is over. But that's another discussion. With the laws of the Omer, of counting of the Omer, as you know, that every day uh, we do uh, the Omer counting. So we we're up to chapter Tough Pay Test. That's uh, four eighty nine, and we're up to the law number thirteen. Um, the um, he says over here that um, what happens um, the best time to count the Omer as we learned is after the stars come out because then it's definitely nighttime. but what happens that if you have people that are careful to count after the stars comes out but nowadays we have clocks, we have watches, we have other devices that tell us what time it is. But in the olden days, why do we call it when stars comes out? Because that's something physical that people can go outside and check is there stars or not. They don't need a clock for that. But sometimes it's cloudy. And when it's cloudy, you can't tell what, what, what the star situation is. Somebody assumed, you know, they just measured by estimation. Said it took a while. Uh, and they assume that it's already nighttime. So what happens? They went and they counted the sefira. They counted the uh, the day, and then all of a sudden, these clouds scatter, and they see. Well, it's not three stars yet. So, and they're always careful 
to count after the three stars. Some people are not careful, but they are careful. But then they find out that they made a mistake and that they counted the Sephira while it was not yet they thought it was, but then it scattered the clouds and they see that it's not yet the time of three stars. So he says like this, Those who are careful to make sure to count only when the stars comes out, they made a mistake because it was a cloudy day and they thought it was already the stars come out and it didn't come out. So they ended up counting during the Bein Hashemoshes in twilight, which is between sunset and the stars coming out. So they counted a little bit earlier than they normally would. So then we say, such a mistake, They are not required to go back and count again when the stars comes out. Even though normally they always count when the stars come out, but in this case, that they already counted, they are not required to count again. Me'ikir hadin, that is the way the halacha is. Now again, if you want to count again, uh, it's not such a big deal, so counting. So counting, don't say a bracha, but counting is not such a big deal. Say the words again. I mean, who... It's not such a uh, big thing to go ahead and count again. But he says, strictly from the law's point of view, halacha, you don't have to count again. Why? Even if they want to count, even without a bracha, you're not making a bracha. Still, you don't even have to count at all. Why? Because you have completely fulfilled your obligation. As far as strictly the halacha, you have fulfilled your obligation. The fact that you counted it in the twilight, which is maybe day, maybe night, you have completely fulfilled your obligation. Because it's a, maybe it's nighttime. And when the obligation is from the rabbis, as is the sefira, the sofik divrei sofrim lahakil. And whenever we have a doubt by a mitzvah, which is origin, is from the rabbis, we use the lenient opinion and we say, if we're not sure if we did it, we are going to say we did it. It's going to be okay. Versus if it's a Torah uh, obligation. However, he adds in the parentheses, that would only be the assumption that we're going according to the view that the counting of the Omer today is only from rabbinic origin. Remember we had that two opinions before. Some people say that when the Torah says you count the Omer, you count the counting from the Omer, it's only when there's a physical Omer. And today we don't have an Omer, uh, so that the counting is only from the rabbis as a commemorative act. Others say, no, no, it doesn't have to have the Omer, it's the day, and therefore today it's also a Torah act. So in order for us to worry and cover also the grounds, as far as that opinion goes, in order to worry for the ones that say that the counting today is from the Torah, there is an opinion. So it's best for them, for those people who made the mistake 
because it was a cloudy day, and they always count by Tzitzit it's best for them to go count again on Tzitzit but without a bracha. You cannot make a bracha, but count again. Now again, it seems that if you don't have to do it, we're not going to say to you, oh, do it anyways, just to cover yourself. If you don't have to, you don't have to. But he's saying to you, but there is an opinion that says that it's from the Torah, even though it's not the main halacha, but yet, it's not the Ikar, just cover all your grounds and count again. But a bracha you can't make because blessings, you have to be sure that you have to make it. If you're a Suffolk, you don't do it. Let's do one more halacha. Here is a very interesting halacha. So what happens... You know, you're coming to shul, and you want to count, or you're home. Somebody asks you, well, what sphere is it today? What number is it today? So he says... Look in the back of the safe. Don't safe. say... You told me that yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you always say... You know, the reason I told you that yesterday was because I don't know the exactly the English... Uh, date for that for for what the date is, so you can't. But the uh, the usually the right way to do it is you don't tell people the date. What you tell them is yesterday's day. So to make sure. Oh, so here we're going to see why. So somebody whose friend asks him during the benashmoshes asks him, "Kama How much is the?" counting in tonight now remember he hasn't counted yet he's just asking you how much is the counting today now what's going to happen is you might get into trouble because if you tell him he asks you he asks you oh how much today is so you tell him i'm not going to do today we know it's not so i can say today is 15 right so if you told him or if you tell him tonight during you're going to tell him that it's 16. You're going to tell him. After the sun's sake, you tell him it's 16. When he asks, he asks you, what time? Oh, like when you're davening with a minion. So you're davening after Shkia, before it's his Kham. He asks you, what sphere is today? Now, if you tell him 16, you've already counted your sphere. <laughs> because, you should tell him, tell him yesterday was such and such. Why? If you tell him today is such and such, that you won't be able to count again with a bracha because technically you already fulfilled your obligation. For you have already fulfilled your obligation. You told him today such and such. Now, this is not, and not everybody says you fulfilled your obligation. That goes, those that say, that we don't have to have in mind to fulfill the obligation. Just saying a number. So if you say, we learned before, we have to be strict according to that opinion, that if you're just saying today is Sphira, even though you're saying you don't have a mind to fulfill your obligation, just saying the person that this is today's day, you already fulfilled your obligation according to that opinion. Even though you didn't say to the Omer, you just said today is 16. You didn't say today is 16 day to the Omer. You just said 16. You're already ain bekach klum. That doesn't matter. You still fulfilled your obligation. So if you're going to tell him today is 16, and it's already in middle Sophic Yoms, it's already been Ashmoshes, you've been counting, you counted already, and then you can't count your own Sphira with a bracha. That goes to whom? That goes to the one that 
gave the answer. What about the one that asked the question? When you asked me what sphere is it today, right? When you asked me the question, what sphere is it today? And I answered you 16. So maybe you fulfilled your obligation because I told you that it was the 16th. He says, no. Avol hashoyil. But the one who's asking the question, he is able to count with a blessing. Even though he already heard the number, the counting from the one who responded, the time that he's listening, he had a mind to go and count again. Because that's why he's listening to him, so that he can. He, he asked him, what sphere is it today? So he gives him the answer. He's not giving him the answer so that he wants to fulfill his obligation. He's asking him because he wants to know what to count himself. So his intent is to go ahead and count. He's asking what sphere. So the guy tells him so he can go and count. That means that he had specifically in mind that not to fulfill his obligation with hearing this. But the one that responds, when you ask him, he didn't have specifically in his mind at the time they responded, that he goes to count again. He didn't have it in mind at that time. He wants to count again. Even though it's still true that he's not intending to count now, but he doesn't have a fairish right now at that point. He's not saying when I'm going to count. Since he did not have it specifically in his mind, he had fulfilled his obligation. If he doesn't have it specifically in mind not to fulfill his obligation by going to count now, he still fulfills his obligation. To those that say that you don't need uh, kavona, this would probably also be the answer to the question. You know, when the chazan, uh, the one who leads the services, he announces, he says, "Hayom, yom echad Right? How come everybody that heard isn't fulfilled his obligation already? How could they make a bracha after that? And the answer is, they're listening to the chazan to hear what kind of a yom is today, so that they can go count. That's like having in mind specifically not to fulfill your obligation. So therefore, when the chazan says out loud the sefirah, and then you're following, that's considered that you don't have in mind to fulfill your obligation. But before we learn, Taka, that um, if somebody, when you are in shul and they're counting the sefirah, you have to have in mind, and you're not counting right then and there. So the people that are counting right then and there in response to the to the shliach tzibur, to the one who leads the services, say he's counting after tzedekachavim, the normal time. People are listening to him, and then they go and they make the bracha. Why? Because they are having in mind to go make the right when they're listening, they're doing it to go ahead and make their own bracha and their own counting. So that's like having specifically in mind not to fulfill your obligation. But when you're davening in the shul, when you're davening in the shul, and you are, when you're davening in the shul, and you don't have in mind to go and count the sefira right away, so then what's going to happen that you're not really, uh, you're going to be fulfilling your obligation, and that's what you have to have in mind, not to fulfill your obligation. One more sentence here and we'll be done. 
If he didn't say today is 16, he asked you what sphere is today. So you don't say today is 16, you just told him 16. And he said 16 day to the Omer. You didn't say today. That you haven't fulfilled your obligation. If you didn't say, because before we learned also, if you don't say today, then you're not counting the day. If you say, Sefira, if you don't say La Omer, you fulfill your obligation. But if you don't say Hayom, you have to count the day. And then, you should go back and count with the Bracha. However, the best to do is, it's always best to say that yesterday was such and such. So when somebody has this, what we say, what time, what was the Sefira? You say that yesterday was so and so. That was the best way to say. Because even though you're not fulfilling your obligation, but it's when you say yesterday, then for sure you're not counting. And um, the um, count also has, as we know, the um, other uh, spiritual meaning besides the halachic meaning. It's also the anticipation for uh, Matan Torah. So we're counting, getting ready. And each one of these days is considered to be a refinement and a special uh, attention to a certain characteristic that we may possess that needs some polishing or needs some uh, fixing. So we go through all the different spheres so that we are sort of ready and perfect and pure and uh, to receive the Torah. Okay, with the Simantov Peites in Four, I mean, we're up to 489. We're up to section 15. Svira uh, Saomer. So now, section 15 is so yesterday we learned that you should tell a person yesterday was such and such. Don't tell them uh, that day. But that only begins with Benash um, Mashot after the sun sets between in the twilight. That's when you have to say that. But he says, if it's if he asks you during the day what counting is today, and you tell him today's day, it doesn't matter because it's not the day yet, it's way too early. Because there, the above that we said that you'd have a problem if you counted it, if you answered him without uh, saying yesterday, but you told him today is such and such, and you would not then be able to make accounting a, a with a bracha yourself, that only would apply because there, when he asks him during the twilight, but if he asks you before before twilight, even if he says today is such and such to the Omer, he says the full, the whole passage he says to him, today is such and such, still, you can go back and count with a blessing. The fact that you told him, because it was way too early. Well, now, we remember that there was a little bit of an issue uh, from Plag HaMincha, because we had a Rabbi Yehuda over there. But he says like this, Kivon imrim. The main ruling is like those that say, Sha'af mi Plag HaMincha that's even from the split of Mincha, which is an hour and quarter before the night, it's only considered nighttime only as far as prayer goes. So if you want to daven Mariv, according to Rabbi Yehuda, some say it applies to all cases, but according to... Okay. Uh, 
only as far as davening alone do we say that you can do plaga mencha. But Rabbi Yehuda never meant to say, according to the other view, that for Shema or for the Sfiris Omer. So, even those who do disagree, they say that from Plaga Mencha, it is like nighttime that they believe that Rabbi Yehuda's view is that for everything is like nighttime. So, there is also an opinion that holds that even if we're talking about rabbinic mitzvah, and we're going to say that the sefirah is only a rabbinic mitzvah today, nowadays. And, but there are some that say you need to have intention to fulfill. You can't, but just by saying it isn't going to help. So when you combine this, um, you could count with a bracha, it doesn't matter. However, he says the principle, best is to be Careful starting from Plav Minchan on, not to say today is such and such. So, starting from Plav Minchan, an hour and a quarter, don't say today is such and such. That way, no opinion, you're not going to get into trouble to any, uh, any opinion. Now, let's do one more halach over here. Halacha Tezayin. Mutter Lisper Koydun Tfilas Arvis. One is permitted to count even prior to have davening the evening services, before davening Ma'ariv. Afilu B'Motzoy Shabbos, even on Saturday night. So if a person delays on Saturday night and he doesn't say Havdalah, he doesn't do Ma'ariv, he doesn't say Havdalah, so he's sort of extending the Shabbat into further, which is Shemoisifin Mechoy La'ala Kodesh, that you add from the weekday to holy. So you're making part of the night, you're making it holy. So part of the night making it holy exactly means that, which means it doesn't mean that it's not nighttime. In other words, if you extend the Shabbos beyond the, beyond the time of Shabbos and you still observe the Shabbos, you don't make Havdalah, that doesn't make it not nighttime. All what it does is it extends your Shabbos into the nighttime. It's still considered, it's still the nighttime. It doesn't matter. It does not count as the previous day. is the next day. So it's okay to do the Sefirah before Marav. You don't have to have the next day. Over there is practically, is it's nighttime, it's Sefirah, that's it. We don't care about whether it's still Shabbos or you have Marav yet or not. Nevertheless, it is fitting to introduce first, to first do the Marev, before we do the Sefirah Ta'omer, Shetfilas Arvis Hitudira, because Marev is a constant mitzvah, you do it every night. Sefirah Enetudira is not constant, you only do it during the period between Pesach and Shavuos. Betadir Koydem Lishayne Tadir. And one that is constant comes before something which is not constant. Another interesting halacha that we, we just would apply recently uh, would be with Pesach. I mean, the Alter Rebbe brings down on the Shulchan Aruch. Some people would not, would, don't realize that. So let's say that you started your meal on the last day of Pesach. Let's say, Achren Shul Pesach, you started your meal. Uh, let's say you started your meal at uh, before sunset. And then you continue your meal into the nighttime. So when you do the benching, you'll still say, uh, Yalav and you'll say, Yom, 
Since you were still eating, it's a continuation from Chagamatzis. But guess what? You are allowed to, once the nighttime hits, you're allowed to eat chametz already. Because chametz doesn't go by you extending the day. I mean, the, the, the meal is extended, it's called Chagamatzis. But the chametz is only, Terry says, seven days, you can't have chametz. And once it's seven days over, you can eat it's nighttime already. I mean, the same, similar, once it's so, certain things, is once it's nighttime, it's nighttime. We don't care that you've extended the day or you still cause. So it's, it's, it's kind of strange. You're eating chametz and you're saying chagamatzis. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's the halacha. You can't change the time. Can't change the time. The time, is, the time, so is, the time. But that's the interesting thing. So in Simon Tov Peites, that is 489, and we're up to section 17. Uh, we're talking about over here uh, eating before counting the sefira. One to eat before counting the sefira. So normally we'll do this. This is the uh, section seventy If the person's usual way is he davens myriv while it's still. Daytime, meaning it's before Tzeta Kachavim, before the stars comes out, and he does his Ma'ariv prayer, as we do in a lot of shoals, we do it over here too. We dive in a little earlier Ma'ariv, because it's kind of hard to keep the people sometimes from Mencha through Ma'ariv, with the break that you have to wait, so they dive in Ma'ariv uh, earlier. Now, but the problem is the Shema, you want to do after Tzeta Kachavim, so you don't want to just, you don't fulfill your obligation with the Shema that you're reading during the Aravit, during the Ma'ariv prayer. So what they do is, So then, when you go to sleep on your bed, you read all the three sections. See, if you, if you, the minimal requirement for the nighttime Shema, we do it anyways, but the minimal requirement of the nighttime Shema would be one, the first portion of the Shema, not all three. But in this case, since he read the three portions before it was nighttime, so the person's tradition is to read before he goes to sleep, all the three sections. Now, the question becomes, so now he David Marif, he did the Shema, but then he's going to come home, he's going to do again the Shema when he goes to sleep. Now, can he eat in between? So he says, Although he is permitted to eat before he will recite. It turns out he didn't read the Shema after nightfall, he just read it earlier. So he says he is permitted to read the Shema, that is... Uh, the night uh, before eat before he reads the Shema Shalamita Kamoshin is by Bissimen Reish Lamed Hey as explained over there in the section two hundred and thirty five we we don't have the Alter but over there it's explained that one can eat but Mekomakoim the Mea Sefira but during the Sefira days he says Lo Yaschil Lechol Afilus Sudekatana you shall not begin to eat. Even if you want to have a small meal, like a snack or something like that, don't start even a small meal. Uh, and actually, a small meal would would mean you know not a not like a party, not like a wedding or a bar mitzvah or something, just a meal. Actually, 
a snack we will see um, exactly. But if you don't have the Omer, can you eat? Eat, can you eat, yes. But over here, when the Omer, you're not allowed to chatzisho a half an hour before you count this sphera. Half an hour is that time, always before the mitzvah, that you're not allowed to uh, eat because you might forget. We don't allow you. The Hainu. But this, when is the time of sphera? It's actually starting from sunset, from Ben Hashmoshes. The Hainu. It's a half an hour before twilight, which is before the sunset. And the reason is Gizeira, because we worry, Shemo Yimshech because you might extend your meal. And if you extend your meal, the Yimna Misfiras And you are going to for prevent yourself, you're going to withhold by forgetting from counting the Oimer. So, in that case, um, you cannot start a meal before a half an hour. Uh, before Ben Hashemoshot, because Ben Hashemoshot is already considered the time for the counting of the Sefirah. When is he going to do the Omer? In the synagogue or at home? Either way, but uh, either way, but you can't, before doing the Omer, you can't eat a half an hour before twilight. Elohim came, but there is a, unless, Humakim Shenoyagim, it's a place where the tradition is, Shashamesh Koydan Koyda Lisper Svira, Kshemagiyazmana, when the Shamesh, the attendant, he will call people when the time of time of counting arrives, he calls you. Like today we call that a reminder. We have a, we put on a reminder on your uh, phone or some other uh, reminder. I actually have, it comes along with the. Uh, if you if you if you download the Hebrew calendar onto your uh, cal- onto your calendar, automatically it comes with a reminder for Sefira. Every day it comes with a reminder for Sefira. Uh, so therefore, in that case, then we don't have to worry that he might extend his meal. Commission is buyer the Lamed base as explained in section. 232. Over there it says that even though one should not start, because you might forget uh, a meal before the time of the obligation, but if you have somebody reminding you, you set somebody up to remind you, then that's okay. And that's what people actually do sometimes when they find it necessary to eat. Within half an hour of doing the mitzvah, they would ask somebody else to remind them, a special reminder to go ahead and, and uh, to remind them to so they won't forget. Now he continues. And even in places, he says, which they have not have this tradition to have somebody remind them. But what happens? The person forgot or he transgressed. He started his meal within a half an hour. He didn't listen, and he started within half an hour of the time of counting the Svira. You don't have to interrupt in the middle of your meal. What do you have to then wait another half hour and do no, the Omer? No, no, you could just finish your meal. And then do the Omer. And then do the Omer. She so said, you don't have to interrupt. You don't have to wait another half hour before the mitzvah. But this is if you started within the half an hour to counting of the Sefirah, but it was not yet the actual Sefirah time, but it was a half an hour 
before the sphere time. But if you start the uh, meal after the sphere has already come, in other words, so you started while it was, you could have counted first, right. and you started your meal, then he must interrupt and count in the middle of the meal. According to the views that say that counting the spheres from the Torah, over there it says that if you are violating a Torah prohibition and you, like the reading of the Shema, and you started to have your meal while the time of Shema was there, and therefore you violated a Torah mm. prohibition. Be, I mean, no, no, that you didn't violate Torah. I mean, you started to eat your meal when there was an obligation of the Torah for you to read Shema. Then you have to interrupt your meal. But it's different if you started to have within the half an hour. Well, no, isn't the sphere? It's from the rabbis. Oh, oh. Right. okay. But sphere is from the rabbis. He says the half shoyikerkoimrim. Could have almost written this. Even though the main ruling is we have two opinions. The main opinion is that counting today is from the words of the rabbis, it's not even from the Torah. But still, if it's an item, there's no trouble. So, what's the problem? So, you make an interruption, you count. Yes, we should worry about the first opinion. So, in other words, if it was a problem, if it was a difficulty, we would tell you, okay, you know, you don't have to interrupt because it's not really from the Torah, it's only from the Rabbana, it's only from the rabbis. But in this case, what's the big deal? You're having a meal, right? Take a break, count the sefira, and go back to your meal. So it would be no problem. So it's an easy case. So we say, why don't we take into consideration the other opinion who says it's from the Torah, and we should uh, interrupt. Okay, one, two, now, in section 18, Sif Yud Ches. If a person doesn't know which day of the Sphere is, many times, you know, you don't know exactly what number is today. He doesn't know what day is it from the... Now, Uposach Ubeirach al Das. So, you make, you don't know. So, like you're in shul together. One person doesn't know when this sphere, what day it is today. But you figure, you make the bracha, and you figure, I'm going to hear what the next guy is going to say, and I'm going to say what he's going to say. But it really means, when you made the bracha, you didn't know yet what sphere it is. You're only going to find out when he's going to say, so you, everybody makes you go, and then you hear what the other guy says, then you're going to say it. So, that you want to hear from your friend, and then that's what you're going to count. And after the blessing you heard, and you heard your friend counting, and you counted like him, you have obligated, you fulfilled the obligation of the blessing. You don't say, one can argue and say, the first blessing you made is worthless. Why? Because you didn't know what you counted. So maybe if you made the bracha 
and you're and then you were waiting for your friend and you wanted to say the blessing. So when you originally made the bracha, you didn't know what you were counting on. So maybe that's a bracha in vain. Now that you know, make a new bracha maybe for the counting now. He says, no, you fulfilled your obligation. You don't have to count again before counting. Even though at the time that he made the first bracha, he did not know yet for which day he's making the bracha, doesn't matter. You're still, it's okay to make the bracha. Yeah, go ahead. But the blessing is on counting, it's not on the particular day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why it would be okay at the end of the day that you know you count even though you didn't know that day. Right. But that's what he's trying to tell you here that you you don't have to know. I'm just, for the mitzvah of counting. But say for the you should know. Day two. Yeah. Okay. Good. You don't say anymore. But that's not something which is desirable after the fact. It's okay. But to begin with, he says in section you test and see if you test. To begin with, one shouldn't do so. You shouldn't wait to that. You should not make the bracha until you know which day of counting it is, so you should know what you're benching, what you're blessing. See, it's better to know what you're counting. It's not just to count. It's not just the midst of counting that I'll find out. It's better to know what you're counting. Almost synagogues posted somewhere, like on the wall or something. Like okay. Do you have it up here anywhere? Yeah, we'll do one more sif. We'll do more sif. We'll take him? Okay, you gotta go. Okay, go. Okay. One more sif over here. So it says like this. What happens if you make a mistake in the counting that you were counting? If he, he helped walk it. There's no ice here. No, no, no. All right. I'll see you at 8 o'clock, Mr. Shem. Okay. If you had in mind, you think today is four days. For the Omer. You have a mind. You make the bracha. Uh, he thinks it's the fourth day. And after you finish the blessing, Nisko, you remember, today is the fifth day. You don't have to make another bracha. You can, on, on the bracha, you made the wrong bracha, right? Uh, no, you didn't make the wrong, the wrong, you didn't, you, you thought, you thought, but then you say chamisha, on the bracha, smach, a bracha shebeir kvar, afa pisha, a bracha yisadashim revi. Even though the blessing was, he thought it was the fourth day, so he said, and then he finds out, he remembers, no, doesn't matter. Em bekach klum, lishadvarim, shabalev, enadvarim, lishadvarim. As far as this goes, words that you think in the heart don't mean anything. What you said is what, chamisha is okay. Kamashi, is bayer v'sinu v'neshtes. What if he says the fourth day? Oh. So what happens? Siv chafalaf. So what happens? If you're standing on the fourth day, and you had a mind even for today's day, you, you wanted to say today's day, you had a mind, it's the right day, you want to say today's day, but you made a, you just came out of your mouth, the wrong words. You counted uh, five. So what you thought in your heart doesn't count. You have to say four. Because something, a lie, something not true came out from your mouth. Uh, because you said today's review. Uh, so, uh, 
Because today is really the fourth day. And you actually count with your mouth the five day. Even though you thought four, it is four, and it, and you thought four, but you said five, doesn't help. This doesn't help anything that in your mind you're thinking four. As If you said five, then it doesn't count. Because what you, because in this case, but it's counting is in the mouth. If you say, if you have in mind four and you say five, it's no good. You have to say, you have to go back and say four. But you don't have to make a bracha. You don't have to make a bracha before saying arba. And he says, Afilu, and even that would be in the case, in the more extreme case that you brought out earlier. Even if you made a mistake in your mind, you thought it was the fifth day. You thought that it was the fifth day. And you counted to make five. And you finished counting. You remember it's the fourth day, so you don't have to make another bracha anyways. You don't have to make another bracha. It doesn't matter. Yeah, why? Yeah. No, but um, can't you do the fourth on the next day? No, next day is going to be the sixth. No, on the morning. No, but you know, you can do it, but we're trying to right. do it on the, on the nighttime. If you said yeah. the fifth, when the fifth actual comes... Are you, do you need to say the fifth yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you said it the wrong day, that doesn't matter. Okay, let's just finish it. Because because you already fulfilled with a bracha that you already made. If you don't interrupt with other things, if you make a bracha, you do something else, that's interruption, you have to make a new bracha. But in this case, if you didn't interrupt with anything else, it doesn't matter. Why? Why? Counting the fact that you had a wrong date, you set a wrong date, you had in mind five and you said five, that's not, that five is an interruption because the real day is four, that's not considered an interruption. Because you are still occupied in that same item that you're making the bracha, uh, but it didn't come up properly. So it's, that's not called an interruption. If you're counting sefira, even though you did it the wrong sphere, but you're still preoccupied in that same uh, activity. activity, that wrong one is not considered interruption, and the bracha that you made is okay. So basically, unless you speak another thing, is you can't, if you come back to, your, to the right one, even though you had an interruption from another sphere in between, the bracha is still good. But also, we know that just thinking about it does not count. You must verbalize it. And if you said the wrong one and you have in your mind the right one, it doesn't help. It has to be verbalized because the mitzvah is counting it in with your mouth. So, and we're up to Sif Chobay, subsection 22, which is a follow-up to subsection 21, Sif Chof Aleph. Uh, and we, we were learning that uh, if a person has in mind to uh, count in the one Sifira, he makes a bracha and he comes up with the wrong number, uh, and then he can go ahead uh, and, and and correct himself. He doesn't have to make a new bracha. So let's say he uh, he said today's five days to the Omer, it's really four days. So after he finished the bracha, he 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 says he just goes back and says today's four days without having to make another blessing. The first blessing is okay. So he says here. In a parenthesis in the section of Chombez, that when he goes back and he says four days, 
He says, hey, today is four days. He just didn't say, like he said, Hayom Yom Laomer. And then he says, no, Arbo. No, don't just say four. He said, today is, when you, if you by accident said, today is five days to the Omer, right? And then you fix yourself. Don't just say, oh, no, four. No, no four is not good enough. You have to go back and say, today is four days uh, to the Omer. And if he actually is within, he didn't interrupt, which means he is still if within speaking, now there is a measure, a very small measure, like what it takes to say like three words, that means somebody can change, like you say, Hayom Hamisha Arba. You're, like you hesitate for a second, you say today five, four. If it's considered within that means it's while you're still speaking. It's, you haven't yet paused, you haven't yet gone away. That's okay. Then, then you say, you don't have to go back and say today is what you say today is what you just say for. So there is something which is called a correction and there's something which is called re-saying it. If it's within that's called a correction. So I said uh, five, and then I say four. That's fine. I don't have to go, go back and count. But if I said today is five days for the Omer, uh, yes, uh, then, oh, oh, no. Then you can't say five, just five. You have to say Hayom. Again, you have to say the whole passage again. Um, so now there's another halacha over here, which is gets a little complex, but we'll leave it for next time. Let's do in Tov Pei Tes in uh, 489. We're up to Seif Chav uh, Gimel 23. And it reads over here with Viyesh, but it seems like the Vav is extra here. So uh, it says like this Yesh Omrim, there are those that say that Shim Shachach Lisper Belaila Achas. That if he forgets to count one night, you know, he didn't count the Sefira one night, ain't Tzorich Lisper Klal Bishar Kol HaLeilis. Then you don't have to count anymore at all in the other nights. If you missed once, then you don't have to count anymore. And the reason is, because you had totally lost from the, from the mitzvah of counting the Oimer, just by missing one day, you've already messed up. You can't count anymore. Why? Because the Pesach states, in the verse, the Torah states over there, in Vayikra Perik Chov Gimel, Pesach Tezvav, we learned last week in the Parshas Emer, over there it says, that it must be whole. So whole means that you have to count the whole thing. If you don't count the whole thing, so you missed out, it's not a good counting. So that's one opinion. One opinion says if you didn't count, then don't count anymore. That's it, you're done. But the Yashchalkim, there's those that disagree with Imrim, and they say, that you, you do have to count all the other nights. They're not saying it's not just like one mitzvah if you miss Lefi. Like sometimes we have certain mitzvahs. We can only do them like if we have together. Like for example, uh, the four species on Sukkot. Let's say you only had three species, then you don't have to do the mitzvah at all. You can't do the mitzvah with three, you know. You, or if you only have 
three parts in the tefillin, you can't do. You need the whole tefillin. On the other hand, if you only have the hand or the head, you can do each one separately. They're separate mitzvahs. Sometimes the mitzvahs are connected, sometimes they're not connected. But in this case, there's a disagreement. One opinion says that every day is part of the same mitzvah. In other words, you're you're doing a mitzvah every day, but it's still part of the same mitzvah. If you miss one day, then you can no longer count. From that point on, you can no longer count. But the other, what happens till that day, that's another the, the question. I'm going to get into it now. But it turns out, it would seem, according to that opinion, that all the brachas you made till then were like in vain because you didn't, you know, now we're making brachas. I mean, Rebbe discusses that in one of his talks. But it turns out then that all the brachas you made from the beginning would not be good brachas because you didn't do the whole mitzvah. But in this case, but still we say you do every day, you make a separate bracha, but according to the first opinion, if you miss out one day, then you just finished, you know, because all these days have to be counted consecutively. If you miss one day, you can't catch up. But the other one says, no, you missed one day, you have to still count it. Each night is an independent mitzvah, it's not hinge one on the other. If you missed one day, you still can be counting on that. Now, of course, you're not going to count the next day, oh, your day that you missed. So let's say you counted, you missed, let's say, the, on the 20th day, you missed it counting. So you're not going to count on the 21st day, the 20th. That's still not, you're going to count what everybody else counts. But you're going to count, but it's, it's, it's okay to count it. He says, they're not connected to one to the other. Last night I was babysitting, and one of the kids said, Oh, what is the counting of the Omer? Yeah. I said, I said last night, Etamon, a stream. Okay, good. Thank you. Excellent. So now, so what do we do? So what do we do when we have two opinions? What do we do? One opinion says you count, one says you don't count anymore. They combine. We count without a bracha. So what do we do? Linyan halacha. So the halacha is, Noegim, the custom is Lisper, Vishlar, Leilus, Blebracha, to count on the rest of the nights. This is in Sivchav Dalla, the Alter Rebbe says that the other nights you count without making the Bracha. Kivan Bein Sheshokach Balayl Hodishin, Bein Sheshokach Bechad Meshakal Leilus. Whether he forgot the very first night, in that case, he never started counting at the right time, or if he missed it out in the middle days. In all these cases, we would still tell you to count, but don't make a bracha. Because a bracha, you got to make sure that you're doing a mitzvah. Since you're not sure, you don't want to mention God's name in vain. But on the other hand, since you're not sure you're doing a mitzvah, we'll say to count anyways. Now he says, Noegin, the, 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 the custom is, because maybe uh, to count, maybe halachically you can argue that since it's midrabonon, it's a suffolk, and then you don't have to do it, and it's only the counting we learned before, sometimes you're machmir, but the bottom line is, uh, we do it, the custom is to do it again, but not to make a bracha, because whenever you're not sure whether you make a bracha, it's lenient, we don't make the bracha. Now he says, but this would only apply, when is this halacha stand, you say that you're going to count without a bracha, is that's provided that you didn't remember the entire night, so you forgot on the beginning of the night, and also the entire next day. But if you remember during the daytime, 
and we said, what happens when you remember in the daytime? You don't make a bracha if you remember. Let's see, if you got it at nighttime, in the daytime you don't make a bracha. But with so far, belay bracha. And then he counted without a bracha, because in the daytime commission is by Lamailo, as the Alter Rebbe said earlier in Siv Gimel, that if you remember, if you forgot at nighttime, you remember during the daytime, you should still count, but not make a bracha. So then he says, Yisper Bishar Kola Leilis Bibracha. Then you can count the rest of the night with a bracha. All the rest of the night you can count with a bracha. Why? Why? But the question is, uh, he didn't. He missed out at nighttime. Shaharei Afli Fi even according to the first idea that we're saying over here, that it's one mitzvah, you can't miss a day. In this case, he didn't lose the count, the mitzvah of counting, just by missing one night. Why? Because you did count in the daytime. So it's not like you missed it completely, even if we should say that you have to have every day, you did count. You didn't count at night, but you counted at the day. But it's still called, that's called the whole thing, because you counted every single day. Because he counted, he counts all of the 49 days. He counted every single day he counted. So we consider that, consider that's counted. So, but wait a minute, but we, we didn't make a bracha in it. Why did we make a bracha? Because there's those that say, that counting can only take place at nighttime. They don't tell you, you can't count at the daytime. And they say, they say, if you forgot at the nighttime, then you don't need to count in the daytime. Because that's one one opinion says that we don't rule like that. We say you should count anyways. But according, even according to that of view, that you do not have to count in the daytime. So v'im came, and therefore afim sofar b'yoyim. So if you do count in the daytime, that would not be valued anything. to count forty nine days. So he's asking the question. He's saying, according to, if you, some people say, if you did not count at the nighttime, you don't count in the daytime. You can only count at nighttime, because if you miss the nighttime, you only, you don't, you don't, you can't count at the daytime, some say. And for that reason, we talk, don't make a bracha. Why don't we make a bracha when we count the daytime? Because we're taking that, that opinion into consideration. So it turns out, if you didn't count at nighttime, and the daytime doesn't count according to that opinion, doesn't count, so then you missed out one full day again. So why are we saying that you can go ahead and make a bracha on the next day when you remember because you counted at the daytime? Well, the daytime isn't worth anything, really, because according to that opinion, it's not worth anything. But it says, because there's those that say since there is opinion that says without even counting even one day that you count the rest of the nights with a bracha so he's saying like this so he's, he's, going, he's doing it the other way again one has to uh, figure out exactly why uh, we're ruling it like that but he says like this so now the question is, 
should you make a bracha? You missed one night, but you counted in the daytime, and you remember the next night. What do you do now this day? Do you make a bracha or not? Some people say, doesn't matter what, it's not dependent one on the other, like we had one, so go ahead and count the next day. It's a new, new day, new mitzvah. So you're going to say, so that's according to that. But then you have an opinion, says, no, 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 you missed one day, you can't count. But since there is also another opinion that says that even if you didn't count at nighttime, counting the day, that makes up. So according to that opinion, you would also need to make a bracha now you counted. So the fact is that according to one idea, you actually missed. But it's, you have to combine two ideas to say not to make the bracha. And according to... In other words, according to two ideas, you make the bracha. According to one idea, you don't make the bracha, so we're going to make the bracha. Again, uh, not having said the bracha at nighttime, one day, and then doing it on the second day, we have two opinions to tell you that that following night you should make the bracha. One of them who doesn't care if you missed the day or not would say that you make a bracha. And the other one is that even if, we, according to the ones that said, if you missed the day, you don't say a bracha, there is an opinion that says because you did it on the daytime, that counts instead of the nighttime. And therefore, according to that opinion, we would also make a bracha. So because we have two opinions to make a bracha, we're going to make the bracha. But one can technically argue the other way too. That's what I'm saying. I'm not so clear. One can technically argue and say, well, there is... Uh, there's possible that you don't have to make a bracha. And if we make a bracha only when we're sure, so even though in this case, according to two opinions, you do make a bracha, maybe you should make a bracha. He says, he rules that you make the bracha. But in Sifchov Hei, he says, call Zeh, this only applies, It only is when you know for sure you didn't count in one day. You know, I forgot to count that day. And then we wouldn't count a, on the next day unless we counted during the daytime. But if you're not sure, you're not sure did I count yesterday or not. So, and even if you did not count the next day, still you should still count the other night with a bracha. Because the kivon Because since the question is maybe you did count at night time, so that's number one. So that's number of question. We also have another question. Maybe the ruling is like those that say that each night is a mitzvah by itself. So hey, we have two questions here. Maybe you maybe you maybe you counted. And if you didn't count, there's another opinion that says at night time you have to make that you have to count anyways. And they're not hand one another. So there comes out that there is a question, a svek svek, a double suffix to be stringent. It seems almost like before when you did, you know you didn't count and you counted by the day, even though the Altarebbe didn't use these languages over there earlier. The question is, is the same, but he says, we have a double suffix to be stringent, that you need a blessing and counting on the rest of the nights. Because there are two possibilities that you might have to say that you should say a bracha. Number one, maybe you counted. If you counted, then you say again. So you that that even if you're gonna say you didn't count, there is an opinion that says missing one day still requires you to count to make a bracha. That's why we're gonna make a bracha. 
And the same thing would be true that we explain. That you have to count again without a bracha. In, in different cases, like we had before, Machmas Hasofik, Sheyesh Bisfira Rishayna, we're not sure about the first Sfira, and you have to make the bracha again. So, Im Loichazav is Sofar, if you did not uh, go back and count, let's say the Chachamim say, to be sure, count again, because it's a Sofik. And he didn't count, so that means that maybe he did count, you told him to count again because you weren't sure, but maybe he did count, or maybe his counting counted, it was good at that time when he counted, so then the next day, the other days you should count with a bracha, because maybe your counting did count, and the fact that you forgot, you didn't do the counting, you were told to count without a bracha, but now maybe the opinion is like the Allah is like the opinion that says even if you miss a day you can still count that's why you will make a bracha let's do one more halacha here oh, yeah. here push one more sif sif chavav section 26 he says in places where the tradition is they make kiddush and they make Abdullah in the shul and they use wine. So during uh, the Sviras Omer, you count the Omer on the night of Shabbos and Yontiv after Kiddush, which means when you make the Kiddush. And the reason is because the earlier we can make Kiddush for the day, we should do, we should bring in the Kiddush earlier. We shouldn't do the Omer, we should make the day earlier. And we come before Abdullah. If you make Abdullah, first you do Sphere Saimer, and then you do Abdullah. Because the more we can delay the Abdullah, we should delay it. Because we should always make Shabbos early. And later, why? So that the sanctity of the day shouldn't come across like a load. Oh, we're trying to get rid of Shabbos. So the last thing in the order, say Havdalah. So do everything else before. That's what you do the Sphira before. But on Kiddush, it's the other way around because we have to make Kiddush as early as possible. Whether it's places in which the Havdalah, Matzah Shabbos, comes before saying V'yitam l'cha Miyad achar t'kadosh t'skabel As soon as they've said the Kaddish t'skabel for the uh, Amida, they finish that Kaddish, and in that case they say V'yitam l'cha for Havdalah Ubein mukhev shayvit l'cha k'edem Havdalah So if the Havdalah is uh, before V'yit and L'cha. Um, or whether Abdullah comes before V'yit and L'cha. tradition, I mean, we, we say Abdullah before V'yit and L'cha. I think in Ashkenaz, that the tradition is to say V'yit and L'cha before you do the Abdullah. So, Soifrim Miyad Achar Kaddish Tizkabel. You count immediately after the Kaddish Tizkabel. Uh, and 
so what he's trying to say here is, um, so even though you're going to make Havdalah later, don't leave the Sphira. So if it's a place where you do the Havdalah right away, then of course you do the Sphira because we have another reason to delay the Havdalah as late as possible. So we have a reason to do the Sphira before Havdalah, so to make it a little But even in places where they uh, do first for Abdullah. So over there you can say uh, maybe the Sphere of Omar doesn't have to come before Abdullah. Uh, it should come right before Abdullah. After Vietnam, he's saying no, you should count. Uh, you count right away. Because because we need to do the Sphere as early as possible. We want to have the whole day, as we said earlier, the whole night, which means starting with the night as early as possible. And as soon as the davening has completed with the last Kaddish, we are obligated to count. That's why we count before Elenu, like every day. We also count before Elenu because the... Um, because as soon as the, we don't do it before Marv, because Marv is accepting the nighttime. That says that we're praying that that's the nighttime, and and actually that's um, that's more constant. Marv is every day. Sphere is only Kriya uh, Shema. They come first because they are more uh, constant. But as soon as we're done with that, Olenu is not already extra. Is after. So after we do the Amida. We should do Sphere Somer right away. That's why we do Sphere Somer as soon as we're done. Unless sometimes, you know, we have a situation in which uh, it's not nighttime yet fully. It's not Tzitzikachavim. So then you do Aleinu to get to Tzitzikachavim because you can't count yet. So there's no mitzvah at that point yet. So you're waiting for Tzitzikachavim. So then that's be okay. All right. In section, we're doing chapter Tough Pay Test 489. And we're up to subsection. 28. So he says like this. That on when Yom Tov, all Yom Tovs, this would apply to Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, the first, any Yom Tov or Rosh Hashanah, it seems also. If the Sunday, if the, if the first day of Yom Tov comes out on the Shabbos, so Noyagim Loimar Belel Sheni, so then the tradition is on the second night, they say Hamaravis Hashayochim Lel Rishon. They say the Maravis. Now what is this Maravis? Uh, Maravis is a kind of liturgies. In Chabad we don't have it, so it's a little uh, we don't have. I mean the sitters uh, they have a lot of various different kinds of pieces of they call them piyutim. Those are different kinds of songs, and uh, they were authored by great rabbis. Um, and they are said at the night times of Yontif. On the night times of Yontif, they call them Maravis. Those are special pieces that they're said. And uh, again, in Chabad, we don't have these pieces, so I'm not that familiar, you know, exactly what they are. But there is, they're called Maravis. That's what they're called. And you do them at the night time of Yom Tov. But if the first time night of Yom Tov is on Sunday, 
is Sunday, so that means that uh, it's Friday, it's Saturday night when you're the night of Yontif. So then you're going to say uh, on the second day, on the second night, you're going to say the Maravis that was supposed to say that belonged to the first night. The reason is because Shabbalel Shabbos ain't Emri Maravis. Because on Shabbos night, we don't do that Maravis. So it turns out that the first night would be the first night Marovis would be on, Yont, on, on on Saturday night. We don't do Marovis on Saturday night for the reason Tamshin is Bayer, the Simen Ein Reish Hey, that over there in Simen Reish Ein Hey, over there in Sif Sif Gimel. We don't do it, right? On Saturday night is Sunday, next day. But Yontif doesn't start on the It is, it is. But Yontif starts, Yontif starts on Saturday night. That's true, because Rosh Hashanah can never be. Yeah, Pesach could. Pesach can. Pesach could. Shavuos cannot. Lebadu Pesach. Shavuos has to come out the same day. Shavuos is the same day. It's 49 days. It's the 50th day. So it's the day that after Pesach. So it's the, the day. It's the second day Pesach. So if it can't be, so it could be. So because. It can Pesach cannot be on Friday. Pesach, Pesach, Pesach cannot be. Pesach can be on Shabbos. So can't Pesach can start on Friday night. And when I'm talking about Shabbos, which means Friday night. Okay. Can't start on Friday night, but right. it could start on Shabbos night. So you have right. Arab Pesach. Yes. Doesn't happen all the time. Right. That has happened. Yeah. So but if it, happens. Okay. So So if it happens, if 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 Pesach starts and then Pesach. Oh, so Pesach could start on Sunday. Pesach could start on Sunday. So, so if it can start on Sunday, so you know you're right. So because Shavuos then, because if 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 if, if the second if if uh, if Friday is is um, um, one second if, if if Shabbos if Pesach comes out on Shabbos, okay. Yeah. So then, uh, so then, actually, Shavuos will be on Sunday, right? Yeah. Because Shabbos, you have seven weeks starting from Shabbos. So the only one that would be would be is Pesach. No, so why, no, so it could be on Sunday. So why not? Sunday so will be the first day. Oh, Sunday will be the first day. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first day is okay. No. So then, Shavuos. You're saying Shavuos. So the only case that this situation would happen. So yeah, but you're saying that Shavuos cannot be on a Sunday? No, I didn't say that. Okay, but we're no, talking no. about would, we're talking about when it comes on Sunday. It could. The second, talk- the second day or the first day? No, the first day. Oh. Then you okay. will push it off, he's saying. Oh, when okay. the first night is Saturday night, then you're not going to say the Marovis. And you're well, the only push- time that would happen would be on Pace. Only Pesach. Pesach. Why not Shavuos? Why can't Shavuos be on Saturday night? Can Shavuos be Saturday night? Again, if you count, um, if well, we started counting the second day, the when, no, you know what? You're right because if it's on Shabbos, if if if, if right, it's on Sunday, will be the first day. Yeah. What? Sunday would be actually Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday, right? So Sunday, if Sunday day. is the first day, yeah. Forty-nine days later is later. So the next Sunday is like Shavuos. So fifteen days is Shavuos. Yeah. So Shavuos could be on Sunday. So you could have Friday. You're gonna have Shabbos, Sunday, and Monday, right? That's yeah. what I think so, right? Yeah. 
the only hal- the only one that wouldn't come out that way is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. And Sukkot wouldn't come out that way. Oh, also, yeah. But if the first day of Pesach, if it comes out on, on Sunday, we will do the Maravis of Saturday night. So then you will do the Maravis that belongs to the second day. I guess that in the other Yom Toivim, no, I, I made, I'm not, you're not going to say it on Friday night. No, no. Saturday night, you don't say regardless. But usually you will do the next day, the Marovis that belongs to the previous day. And you don't do that days. But on Pesach, you will do the second days. And the reason is, Mishum, because of Bikur Lisvira, uh, because of the, Bikur means first. Precedent. It comes first for Sphira. We need to do Sphira first. That's because the Marovis of the second day deals with Sphira. Because over there they mention about the cutting of the Omer, which was cut on that night. That was the second night, the night of uh, before Mochar Shabbos, the second day of Pesach. So that night they cut it, and that's the Marovis talks about that. And that takes precedent, the Bikur, that takes first, that takes uh, precedent to, to go ahead and do that first. And that's why we would do that on that, on that Shabbos. Um, let's go by there. Oh, now here comes a very interesting halacha, which it's uh, become a little bit more aware as lately. That is the issue of Chodosh, of Old flour or new flour? What to use? Uh, it's called Chodesh. So let's see what the Alter Rebbe writes over here. In Siv Chavtes, the Alter Rebbe writes like this: Asur lechel Chodesh av bizman hazeh. It is prohibited to eat Chodesh. Chodesh means the new, even during this time. We'll see when you're not allowed to eat it. So, in other words, as we'll see and explain, Chodesh means. Uh, the new crops that grew this year, the crops that grows, you're not allowed to eat from the crops that grew this year until after the Omer. Let's see what he says here. But the Chiddush, the novelty, what he's trying to tell you is that it applies even to nowadays. Because as we'll see, some wanted to argue that it only applies in the time when there was the Beis HaMikdosh and they brought the Korban Omer then the laws of Chodesh applied. But in our days, since we don't have the Korban, we don't have the Beis HaMikdosh, the Mizbech, we don't have the Korban, so we don't have the laws of Chodesh. But the Alter Rebbe writes, it is prohibited to eat Chodesh Now, that would apply either way you're going to eat it. Bein Leche, Bein Koli, Bein Carmel. This is whether you make it into bread, which means you're taking the wheat and you're grinding it up and you're making flour out of it. And bain koli. Koli means basically you heat, you toast it in the oven and um, you eat it such, um, uh, and you eat it such. 
so um, and then there is and uh, and then you have actually uh, Carmel is, um, is 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 the wheat itself that you toast and then you make flour then you grind up the wheat you make flour I guess you can make flour directly from the wheat when they come off of the f- field you can either toast the and eat them as toast you know we have cereals made out of oats or different kinds of uh, of, of, of grains uh, or you can take after you toast them you can grind it up then and make it into something but those are the Torah mentions various forms of using the wheat whether it's bread or you or it's kali or it's common either of these ways uh, you're not allowed to use it at Chilas Leil Yudzayin Benison until the beginning of the night of the 17th of Nisan so that means you have to wait the entire day after through the entire day of after Pesach which is the 16th of Nisan and only in the beginning of the night may you start eating from the crops that grew that year Shenemar, because the Pasik says Velechem Vikoli Vikarmel, the Torah says this is the words of the Pasik, bread and Koli and Carmel, the different ways of using that grain. Do not eat until in middle of this day. Till this day. So when it says don't eat it up till this day, it means up till this day, including the day. Ad the ad so that means up till that day you can't eat it and you have to wait for the 17th. Now, in the time that the temple was in existence, when the Beis HaMikdosh was in existence, so from the point, once the Omer was brought on the 16th of the month, then immediately the new grain has been permitted. So over there you didn't have to wait for a full day. Over there all what you had to wait is for that korban, for that special mincha, that fine flour that, that's made from the from the barley that you prepared in the Omer and you brought it on the Mizbeach and you took the piece, the parts on the Mizbeach and then, so then it was permitted from that point and on. Because the Pesach also says Ada Vichem and that's in, in Vayikra, over there in the Pesukim, in Perich of Gimel, Pesach Yudalad, over there it says, Adavichem as Korban Lekechem, up till, you can't eat it, until you bring the Korban, you bring, you bring the sacrifice of your God. Avol, Ach, Shov, Shein, Lon, Korban, but nowadays that we don't have a Korban, so we don't have anything to permit it, Hadaetzim Ayyem Matir, so then the day itself permits us to eat the new grain. We don't have a Korban to permit it, but the day itself so until the day itself passes. So now, what is he saying to you basically over here? That the new grain, and so now it would mean that when you go and buy a bag of flour in the store, right? Now you don't know when they made, when this flour comes. You're going to buy a bag of flour. You don't know. So let's say that you're going to go now to the store the bag of flour. So you know for sure that the flour now did not come from the crops uh, of after the 17th of Nisan. We just had the 17th of Nisan. It didn't come from now because it couldn't grow. So now you know for sure if you are going to get flour now you know it's from the last year's crops. But let's say uh, you're going to buy in the beginning of the winter. You're going to buy a bag of flour 
Now you don't know when that flower was made into flower. It could be that it was from a crops that grew during the summer or during later on, or they imported it whenever they grow the, the, the fields, whenever they grow. And that flower is not permitted to be used. You have to wait. That's what it says. You can't eat the chadash. You can't, you can't you use it because if that grew after the 17th of Nisan, it grew at that time. It was planted, it grew from that time and on. And it, it was harvested later on. So then you can't use the flower. How are you going to know when you have the bag of flour? You don't know from where it comes from. And that's why they have this whole thing. They tell you that it's kemach yoshan. You see on the bags. And a lot of packages now, they'll tell you that this is old flour. They're basically telling you that the flowers that they use, the flour that they use, isn't something which is new or fresh. It comes from the old from the old crops. That's what they tell you. Is they don't know when that was grown when they get the flour. You have no idea. Yeah, but you, you could hold it in your possession for the year that you know that it's old flour. Yeah, but I'm saying so you, you don't use it. assume that all flour is old. No. So I'm saying to you, those people that manufacture yeah, the this, they they don't use. So if they if if they don't have a way of knowing when it was harvested, I have no idea. okay. So if they don't have a way of knowing, so what they do is they keep it to the after the 17th, and they're gonna bake a whole year from flour that was sitting there. They're not gonna use flour that that they don't know. They're not gonna go just to the store and buy the flour. Again, I'm not sure how they're guaranteeing it to you. You're saying that they have no way of knowing. First of all, is there can be wheat sitting in storage places. Could be three, four years old. That's that's not a problem. Then, then you're good. So we main thing we want to make we want to say it's not from the wheat or the barley anything that is that is current that has grown this year. You have to wait till after the seventeenth. What does kemach mean? Kemach means flour. Oh. So now, but the Alter Rebbe writes very clearly over here. It's prohibited. So that seems to be pretty strict. So when you're going to pick up a cookie or something, you know, even though it's kosher, but you might be eating from the new from the new flour, which is which is no good. So yeah, this is something else to take into consideration. We'll see. The Alt Rebbe is going to discuss that what the tradition of the people is. Now, but before that, we have to first discuss in exile, which we celebrate two days. In the exiles in which they did not know the day of the month that it was established in Eretz Yisrael, they were prohibited to eat from the new flower also the entire 17th day. They had to wait till the beginning of the night of the 18th because they're not sure when the 17th is. So in those days, they would wait till the 17th. Now, this wasn't just because it was a doubt that is a biblical doubt. It's a doubt in the Torah. Because the prohibition against eating Chodesh is from the Torah. So when you're not sure about a Torah prohibition, then you don't do it. So therefore, they had to wait before they started eating the new, uh, from the new crops until the 18th because they weren't sure that it was the 18th. It could have been because the, what they thought was the 17th, what they thought was that could have been the 16th. So in those days, they had to wait all the ways till the beginning of the 18th. Now he's telling you a further point, that this Chodosh is not only prohibited in Eretz Yisrael, but it's actually prohibited also in outside of Eretz Yisrael. Most of the laws that pertain to crops, to to, to to vegetation, to growing things, 
only apply to Israel. It's connected to the land. Most of them, it's connected to the land. There's an exception, though, with regards to the laws of Chodesh, because the Torah writes over there, Bechol Moshe in all of your settlements. That seems to include that this law applies also to outside of Eretz Yisrael. So we're not talking about taking flour that comes from Eretz Yisrael. We're talking about taking flour that grows, wheat that grows anywhere in the world, that too would have the law. And that's, that's the exception. In all, in, all, in all settlements. So it turns out that people that lived outside of Eretz Yisrael would not eat new uh, new without all the, the the new crops until the 18th because they weren't sure whether the day before was the 17th so they had to wait an extra day and that's how they did it and therefore we that we follow the traditions of our ancestors we know today because we have the calendar so therefore now that we know the day that it said we should not change the custom of our parents because of the reasons that will be explained that we don't change halachas uh, because we always worry that it might uh, might go back to the olden days and people are not going to remember the distinction so we keep, that's why we keep today's yantav even though we know when the Yom when the calendar is, but we still do it. So basically what we have to see is we have to do what our ancestors would have done in this time. And they would not eat Chodosh until the 18th, because on the 17th they weren't sure if it was the 17th, so the night of the 17th, so they had to wait an extra day. And the reason they had to wait is because it's a suffix of the Torah, because the Torah prohibits Chodosh even in Chutz Laretz, and it does apply in our days, and therefore, we have to do the same thing. So that would be strictly the law. Go ahead. All right, so on the 7th year, you're not supposed to grow any crops on the land, right? On the 7th year. Yeah, okay. So does this also apply outside of Israel? So Based you're asking, that, okay, so let me ask you. What you're asking is like this. On the 7th year, what happens is, okay, so how did it grow without sowing? I'm not sure. The, the, so sometimes it's called what's called Tzvichim. I'm not sure. It's Tzviach uh, Kitzircha. That's the Pesach talks about. Those are that, like when you're cutting the grain, like some of it falls back and it really, uh, and it starts, yeah, it goes by itself. You're supposed to let the land. Okay, let let. But let's say something gr- grows a little bit over there. Yeah. Now your question is, does the law of Chadash apply over there? Yeah, yeah. Again, and then the question would be, how do they do the... I gotta look it up. How would they do the Omer on the seventh year? Where would they get the barley from? Did they do well, it? They, 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 how you can get around that? Would they do it in, in, in the Western world? A lot of fields after so many years, for one year, they don't grow yeah. because the ground needs to renourish itself. Okay. So what you do is you leave this section. So you section off things. So every year. A certain area you don't yeah, grow but it, on. I but think in it was, Israel, it's the whole country is supposed to stop. But growing. I think what they do in Israel is they sell some of the land to non-Jews, Jews, so they can still and they grow. Can, they, they can grow. But okay, but that's 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 a way of getting around it. But yeah. I'm saying in the it's time like of, yeah. I have to figure. I I don't know exactly what the laws, how Chodesh, how the Omer was done on the seventh year. I have to look that up. Uh, exactly how yeah, what took place. Why is the Omer for barley and not for flour? Um, Barley, I think, uh, practically grows quicker. 
it harvests before the wheat. Oh, okay. uh, the wheat, I guess, goes later. So that's the first crops that you get, usually would be the barley. I think the Torah says that you bring in the barley, but, but I think... this morning something about that the barley was the feed of animals. That's right, so, yeah. But it wasn't in those days. So actually in the temple, just, just so you know, that yeah. in the temple actually, even though people are... When you brought the barley uh, on the second day after Pesach, right. on the day after Pesach, you were allowed to eat any of the crops. I mean, all the five grains plus anything else. I mean, you, you can eat that. But you can eat everything. Not only barley, you can eat wheat and everything else. Right. It was the bar, it was all sacred barley. But in the temple itself, they did not bring any of the offerings, the meal offerings. Meal offerings came from flour. They did not bring any of the meal offerings. And all the meal offerings in the temple came made out of wheat. They were not supposed to be made out of barley. There's only the exception is the Omer, okay. and the exception is the Sota Korban, you know, that were made out of barley. But other than that, all these minchas were made out of flour. Yeah, because it says when you read each in the day, it, like on Shabbos, when you read and it did the offering, they said they mixed flour with oil. Yeah, soilus. And soilus means fine flour, which usually right. connotes fine flour of wheat. Now, so in the temple itself, their korbanos, which was the uh, sacrifices that they brought in the temple, uh, the flower offerings, it's called the mincha offerings, and there was various standalones, there was part of the minchas nesachim, and this, there was various different flowers. That flower was always made out of, barley, uh, out of wheat. They did not bring wheat from the new crops in the temple until Shavuos. The shtei halechem, the two breads that were brought specially on Shavuos, we learned it all in the parshas Amor. The shtei, the two breads that were brought on Shavuos, they uh, were actually unique because they were made chametz, they were baked chametz. But on top of that, they were made from the from wheat, from the uh, new crops. And from that point on, in the temple, they started using the new crops. But between Pesach and Shavuos, all the wheat meal offering, they still would use the old one. So I'm saying the barley allowed for everybody's use, so but the wheat to, allowed for the temple's they use. They had to separate the flour then, because they only used the new flour. Yes. And the old flour that people could still use, but not bring it into the, the temple. That's right, exactly. But we can only use old flour all year long until... Until the 18th, he says till the 18th. But before we conclude this, we have to learn one more sif over here because he make, he has some reservation. There's a long uh, a long sif over here. There's a long uh, subsection here, 30. Now he says like this. This is actually the final uh, sif, uh, final uh, paragraph in the uh, in this uh, laws. So he says like this. Nowadays, the community, the, the people, aren't careful at all with the prohibition of Chodesh. So notwithstanding, he just brought out that it's a prohibition of the Torah would be Chodesh. So he says people are not careful with it. Now, he just says, you, first of all, he tells you a fact. This is the fact that the people are not careful. Now, the question is why? So he says, There are those that found a certain... Uh, this zuchus means a merit. Find for them some sort of an excuse. Why are they doing that? In those areas which most 
of the uh, grain is planted before Pesach, or in such areas, even if they don't grow it over there, but they bring him grain, where most of the uh, grain that is, is planted is before Pesach, so over there, there doesn't apply the law of Chodosh. Commission is Bible. You're today. Similarly, Sadi Gimel, Ein Sham. I said you said it's not Sham. Yeah. Says that if it grows, if it if it's planted before Pesach, then it doesn't apply the laws of Chodosh over there because um, by the time those crops are going to grow, we're not going to apply to them the laws, because we're going to go after the time that they were planted. If they were planted from before Pesach, so that means that the, when the time, when Pesach, when the Yud Zayin comes around, that already permits them, because they're already in the ground, so it permits them already to be eaten even once you harvest them. So, if the majority of the grain in that area that you use, now we have a rule in the Torah, we go by majority, even of the Torah. We go by majority. We know all the time we follow the majority. Uh, how do we, where do we see this? We, we see, this is a law in the Torah. We go after the majority, and in this case, we will go and we will say that the grain that you are using now if that's the most of the grain that they use, that it was planted from before Pesach, and the laws of Chodesh don't apply to it. Um, and we find it all over in the Torah, without giving examples, that we go after the majority. But, And those who are stringent upon themselves in those places, And then you are careful from uh, grain, which you don't know, stop, you know, just ordinary grain, you don't know whether it comes from the one that was planted before Pesach or it comes from what was planted after Pesach, but you're careful, and you're careful, if you don't know that it's old, and you're careful about that, still, you don't have to be careful from what might have come out of the dishes. Now you have another issue here. Because the people are baking or cooking the flour in dishes. Now what happens to those dishes? Now do you have to go kasher, you know, somebody else's dishes? So he says, if you, even if you are careful, he's telling you. Even if you are careful and you consider, if you don't know, you consider that no good and you don't use it. So now you're going into somebody's house who is not careful and you're saying, hey, this guy may have cooked in those pots flour that is chodosh because he didn't know. Can I eat now? He cooked chicken soup in there. Can I eat this soup now? Because it may have spit out from inside it what it absorbed from the chodosh. He says, no, he doesn't have to be careful. From what has been expelled from the vessel. Because usually we say when you cook, 
some of it, a little bit, is absorbed inside the walls of the pot. That's what makes it treif. And then later on, if you cook non-kosher, the next time you're going to cook, something from inside the pot is going to go back into the food that you're cooking in there. That's why things would become not kosher if you use a non-kosher pot. So you say you don't have to worry about it. But now you want to cook flour, you want to bake or cook flour from the good flour. But now you, can you use this can you use that pan that you use? Can you use the baking pan? You just, somebody baked challah before you who wasn't careful. You don't eat that challah. Now you want to go and use that pan to bake your good yashan. You're the one that you know yashan. So he says, you don't have to be careful. Why? So he says like this, because because this has to do with the halachas of, ko- of koshering, that um, normally um, when you have something not kosher mixed in with, um, with kosher, so let's say, how do we usually go? So again, like we said in the Torah, let's say if the majority is kosher, okay, and the um, and the uh, minority is non-kosher. So li- listen carefully. It makes a difference if it's min b'minoi or min b'she'ene minoi. I'm telling you some halachas now which apply to koshering. That's a regular kosher halachas. There is what's called min b'minoi, a kind in its same kind, and min b'she'ene minoi, a kind not with its same kind. What does that mean? A kind with the same kind, in this context, we're talking simply, there's various different interpretations and further, but we're talking about if it tastes the same. Let's say bread and bread, kosher bread and non-kosher bread, okay? Kosher chicken and non-kosher chicken, okay? The thing is, they taste the same. So therefore, if you have a little bit of a taste from non-kosher chicken, in kosher chicken, let's say, right? The ch- taste didn't change because chicken tastes chicken. Chicken is chicken. It doesn't make a difference. So the same taste of the chicken is in the other is, is in the other chicken, right? So therefore, how much of the chicken do you need kosher to be more than the non-kosher? In order for you to be allowed to use to use that chicken, or in this case, uh, if you have a, a, a something in a soup, it's easier to 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 think about that way because there's no actual piece there, so it mixes in. If you're cooking uh, a soup, all right, a kosher from a kosher chicken in the soup, how much of the non-kosher soup? can go into the kosher soup and the soup would still be kosher. 160th. That's correct, but from the Torah... Majority. Majority. If the majority is kosher, wait a minute, but that would only apply when it's min biminoi, when it's the same kind, so there's no different taste. You can't taste... Chicken is chicken. The soup is soup. It's the same soup, the same taste. So it wouldn't make a difference... 
if it's kosher or not, you can't tell a different taste, and therefore, majority overrides it, and then it's already kosher from the Torah. We'll see, the rabbi said no. But the rabbi said you need 60, as you said in a minute. But if it's min b'she'enei minay, if it's a kind in something else, so you have uh, a different tasting thing falling into something which tastes differently, over there the majority isn't good enough. Over there we must remove any taste, because now you're tasting something non-kosher over here. So the fact that you have the majority, more of it isn't going to help you. You need to take away that taste. Now, what does it take away to take that taste? Whatever it takes. But how are you going to know, just generally, how are you going to know when the taste is gone? That's right. You have to keep tasting it. Well, it's not kosher. How are you going to taste yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, so that's a whole other question. Can you, is a guy trustworthy to tell you if it's tasted or not? That's why across the board we use shishim. So we say 60. If you have 60 times as much, there's no more taste. Why that, 60? That's what they estimated, the Chachamim estimated. In their, in their estimation, that 60 takes away the taste, there's no more taste over there. Whatever, we're not going to debate that now, but that's right. the laws of right. that's the, the number is 60, and 60 takes away the taste. So we don't have to taste anything else. We say it's bottled bishishim. That means it's bottled 60 times as much, it becomes nullified. So I told you now that from the Torah, if it's min biminoi, kind in its kind, majority is enough from the Torah. If it's the same kind of taste, then once the major, if the majority is kosher, then, then it, the thing is kosher. If it's a different taste, min minay, then you need it to be 60 times as much. In that case, there's no more taste from the other thing. The difference is, because min biminoi, there's no taste of the non-kosher in the kosher thing. It's the same thing. It's the same item. It has the same taste. So over there, majority is enough. But if you start to bring in something with a different taste, over there we don't say it's enough. Over there you need to take away the taste. We don't know how to take away the taste, so therefore we use shishim as the one to take away the taste. The Rabbonin said, no, we need shishim all the time. We're not going to go and say, people don't know the difference, min be minute. Every time, you're gonna, if you have kosher, has 60 times more than the non-kosher, then it's okay. If you don't have 60 times, then it's no good. We don't care if it's min bimina or min bimshenimin. In this case, they're more stringent than the Torah is. Not this case. The Rabbanon are always more stringent than the Torah. They're not going to... Yeah. They're going to they're gonna add, they're going to say, people don't know the difference between min bimina, min bimshenimin. They're going to they're gonna mix it up. So we do 60 across the board. Simply, simply just keep it one rule for everything and that makes it. But sometimes we have to learn the rules. But in this case... We're talking about this has been a hardship for people. We have to understand, it's not like today you can go and buy everything in the store and everything is marked and everything else. People, the main staple that they survived on was bread, it was flour, and it was bread. They couldn't always get, they couldn't make sure that they had everything they needed. So it was hard. And people want to be careful, but now they have another problem. They didn't have a million pots. They had one baking pan. The guy, other guy in front of him doesn't care. He, he follows the more lenient rule. As it says there, that uh, they assume the majority is made out of uh, grain that grows from before Pesach. He accepts that as the majority and he eats it. But I want to be more careful and I don't want to rely on that. And maybe this is because this may be a violation of the Torah. 
So I'm saying, but now what am I going to do? I don't have any new baking pans. What am I going to do? So he says, you know what? You can go and use the other one's baking pan. Because why? So he explains it. Since the other one used those pans to bake in, so what kind of a taste was absorbed in those things? A bready taste. The taste from the bread, from the challah you baked over there before was absorbed there, okay? And since that would not require uh, shishim, you don't need 60 times as much from the Torah, because we said once it's the same kind, from the Torah, min b'minna is batl b'roif, kind and its kind becomes no viable majority. So it turns out, so that little bit of, of, of taste, which sort of was absorbed in the walls, which is coming out now when you're baking your new careful challah, your holy challahs now, that are chodosh, that are clear from the yashan, so then you are really, and what are you going to get absorbed in there? A little bit of the, uh, of the, of what's in the walls. There is majority over here. This big challah is much more than what you have in the walls. So he says, it's, 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 it's much, not more than 60. No, it wouldn't be more than 60. No, no, no. The new is more than the, the ocean. If, but the whole idea is here. If you needed it to be more than 60, then you would have a problem. No, the old would only be. But we say, but since Minat Torah, it's enough that it should be majority. And we always know there is majority. If you're baking just a little bit that's in the walls, there's a majority in what you're baking now. So therefore, he says, And one does not need to be stringent so much uh, in uh, just ordinary grain which you're not using only because of astringency now. Because in this case, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's he must be applying to... It's insignificant to, amount. They the walls. And admit, that's right. But he says, since the whole reason you're not using that chadash is a stringency, it's not from the main halacha, so we don't have to be machmer. Now he says, so this, this would be because to begin with, it's not so strict, so we don't have to use the stringency that it's be usher. As long you can use those pans, it'll be bottle. Now he says, vegan, but that applies in a case where most of the grain is planted before uh, Pesach. So the assumption is that the flour comes from the grain from before Pesach, which doesn't have the laws of Chodosh. But he says, Even in areas which the majority of the seed is sown after Pesach, as for example, in the Poland, he says, in the country of Poland, that most of the barley, the Shibaylus Shul is the, Shibaylus uh, I think is the spelt or the uh, one, one of the kinds. The, what are the five? The oats, rye, uh, uh, one of them. I never know exactly. Barley, spelt, wheat. Yeah. So Shul, I think, is spelt. I'm not. I'm not sure, but this one of one of the one of the uh, five one of the five grains that that that, okay. that applied to. So Shaisim Mehem has from which beer is made. So I, mean, I guess the Poland they like to drink beer. They did. I like that. They so yeah. So the water wasn't. You couldn't drink the water. So they went. So they had. So they made the shecher, and that's nizroin achar pesach. 
and they are sown after Pesach. So to make the, the bar, so we know that the beer that you're going to have comes from grain that has been sown after Pesach. And also, in addition, they don't bring to the deer any grains from other countries that have been sown from before Pesach. So you can't say, oh, okay, they don't sow, they don't sow it over here, but we're getting grain from elsewhere that has been planted from before Pesach. He says, no, they don't bring anything else. Everything is local. They grow it over here, they sather this over here, they make beer out of here, and you know that the beer that you're going to be drinking now is from this grain. Most of the people do not apply their laws of Chodesh, he says. He says, well, they don't, they still. So, before we try to find out the reason for not doing it is because they assume that the grain grew from before Pesach, and that's why it didn't apply the laws of Chodesh and apply there. But he says, no, even in places where it's very clearly that there is no majority, and they still grow it after Pesach, and, they, and still the people don't care, and they're still going to use it. We've got to realize. Why? The weather conditions, you could only sow it around Pesach or after because it was winter. In Israel, the weather is What are you going to say? So they're going to die if they don't drink the beer. Well, then the reason they drank the beer <laughs> is to save their the lives. The water was tasted. Some people without a drink, they can't make it through the day. Yeah. So. That's why wine was drunk, because they drank wine because they couldn't drink the water. Oh, I didn't yeah. Okay, so let's say this. So he says further, There are those that found a, again, a merit for them, an excuse for them. Because over there, it's considered to be a time of that they're pressed over there. And he says, Their main drink was the beer. That's what they drank over there. So it was, uh, they were under pressure to find a way, uh, uh, a loophole to allow this. Right. So they would rely on some earlier codifiers on the Rishonim who hold they hold that outside of Israel Chodosh is only the only, is only from the Rabbanim. Unlike we said before, the rule before that it is from the Torah, they say it's only with the Rishonim that only from the rabbis, even though it says Bechol we don't really, it doesn't really mean outside of Israel, it's only in Israel. Why did the rabbis say that we should do Chodesh outside of Israel as well? Because they made it as a decree because of Eretz Yisrael. So now, okay, so the rabbis are also, we don't do any, we don't violate the rules of the rabbis either. But he says, like Gozru El the, the, the decree only was applied to places that are next to Israel. Kigoin Mitzrayim, like Egypt, Amon Nemoyov, those are the nations that lived around Israel, Ubovel and Babylonia, and Iraq. Commission is Bayer, Be'eridei Simen Shin Lamadalov. So they say, it's called climate. Over there it's good. Over there they decree, but in other places in Poland, in other places, drink your beer, it doesn't apply yeah, there. The rabbis never prohibited it. The Torah didn't answer it. The Torah doesn't answer it. The rabbis never prohibited it over there because they only applied it to uh, the place because of Israel, because it's near Israel. But those places are far from Israel. Person is not going to mistake. And therefore, the rabbis never prohibited it. From the Torah, it's not prohibited. That is the reason they're
Now he says, we're not, we're not done yet. <laughs> there are those that found another kind of an excuse for them. Another merit for them. They say Chodesh only applies to such grain which belongs to the Jew at the time of cutting it. But if the guy owns the field, and when he cut it, then it doesn't apply, Chodesh doesn't apply to this. So Chodesh would only, below, would only apply to Jewish-owned grain at the time of cutting. Well, if he's uh, okay, so Bemele, that's another uh, another reasoning. If he's there, that you have to warn the Jewish people that live in the villages. That they have sown grain after Pesach in the field of the Sar, of the, the officer in charge of the area, if they have a field there. That they have to apply the laws of Chodesh because it's a Jewishly old. If the Jew has a product, so then you have to apply the laws of Chodesh over there. So, this leniency, according to this opinion, you must make sure at least it's not Jewishly owned in order to qualify for this sell, exemption. You could sell it like you sell Chomets. Yeah, but here we're talking about once it's grown, if it wasn't your ownership at the time of when you cut it, you can't sell it anymore. Not too late. And once it applied, the laws of Chodesh, you can't do anything about it. Then you can't, unlike Chomets, we can sell it. Okay, we're going to be finished of it. Okay. But he says, however, so we found various reasoning to allow for these people. What did we find the reasoning? Number one is in areas where they could say that this belongs, that this is all sown from before Pesach, and the majority is that that was one reliance. Another reliance was that um, the uh, laws of Chodesh are only Medrabonon in the areas from the Torah doesn't apply everywhere but it only is in the areas which is close to Israel which would be prohibited and uh, finally the, 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 the final thing is that uh, it has to be owned Jewishly owned at the time of the uh, cutting and if it's not Jewishly owned it doesn't apply so he says however what does he conclude? Avokoba Mefesh but anybody who has a soul, meaning if you want to be stringent, should not rely on those people that allow this, that he should be stringent as much as possible. As it is the consent of most of the earlier and later codifiers, the authorities, that agree that the Chodesh applies from the Torah, even a Chutzloretz, and everywhere, not only in Amon and Moyav, but it's from the Torah, it's everywhere, even if it's Goish Leon, even if it's Goish, that's the main rule. And he tells you, if you look in your day and the section that if you are careful from Chodesh you also need to be careful from uh, that's hard liquor uh, or mashke uh, and uh, they would have honey water which they would ferment they'd make it into a, uh, uh, a strong alcohol you have, if you have 
fermented it by putting the sediments of the beer. So he says, well, you can have a problem uh, if you use that as a starter, so to speak. The yeast. They as a yeast. yeast from one to another. From the other one. They so it. if you use the shechar, you use it as a starter, right. as a yeast, for the next wine, then that you may disqualify that whole wine from that, and that won't help. It's not a wine, it's only from beer. 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 I shall cover it in a chodosh. He said, "Look at the little chodosh." Now, I, I would, but but it seems, but once the once the eighteenth is passed, is, is is okay. I mean, because it's it's, it's become clear. It doesn't matter yeah, it's what you made of it. Yeah, only up till the eighteenth of, of the month so of, you of take year. the older of, 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 of Nissan. You don't make it during Pesach, anyways. Yeah. Let's assume that I'm making the beer or the hot liquor, and they have to take when they make beer, as I saw on TV, they they save the yeast from one batch and put into another batch. Mm. So it's always the same batch. And when they make hot liquor, like they make Jack Daniels, they take so much, they take part of the starter from one batch. So it's a, the same beer formula, they claim, that goes back 150 or 200 years. But here, that the whole point of it is, even good. though you're just using a starter, right. you still have the problem of Chodesh over there because right. it's a starter. That, see, it's now so he's a cook and a brewer. 